talk Call to the kid next door Let it be proclaimed in the wind and the rain Gotta do that Do you really think so? Do you really think so? Okay, let's go ahead and get started here on Saturday, 12.02 p.m. here in San Diego. Cloudy and cold. How's everybody doing? It is BK here. Thank you for tuning into the podcast like always. You guys know how we do it. Two and a half hours every week of the world news coming at you. No breaks, no editing. I'm the only guy. I keep telling you guys this. Uh, A couple quick announcements before I actually get into the news. One is that I will be um, going on the news rep formerly soft rep podcast they invited me to come on there to uh, talk about my my twitter banishment and so i said yeah that'd be kind of cool and we'll probably talk about social media in general so that's uh this week and then i don't know how long it takes before they publish it but probably sometime in the next week so keep an eye out for that second of all you guys know i don't really take endorsements i don't do ads i try to keep it all through the patreon which if you like the podcast (laughs) let me go ahead and plug that Go to patreon.com and check out BK Actual. Search for me and uh, make a contribution. That way I don't have to run ads and I don't do product endorsements or anything like that. That being said, if one of you guys has a product and you're a small business owner and you want to send me some stuff, I'd be more than happy to talk about it. And that was the case this week with my man, uh, Jesse from Jimerson Armor. Uh, said uh, he, he hit me up on the DM and he said, hey man, I have this uh, business. I'm in the armor business and we've got this armored laptop sleeve would you like to check it out and I was like yeah sure send it so he he did send me this a uh, laptop sleeve Jesse uh, it is too big for the laptop I have currently but it's certainly uh, very cool and you guys should go check it out um, it basically looks like you know the black neoprene laptop sleeves that we always that we all see and we probably all have but this one is bullet resistant that's right it's rated at the uh, NJI level 3a actually. I'm sorry, NIJ, I should say. And it's a level 3A compliant, which means basically it'll stop anything up to like a 44 Magnum. It won't stop, obviously, uh, anything super crazy like an AK or 5.56 round. But it's really cool. And I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's definitely bigger slightly than the plates I wore, you know, overseas in combat zones. So it's kind of cool. Like you could, in the case of a shooter, you know, you whip this thing out and you stuff it down your shirt and boom, you got your little homemade bulletproof vest. So uh, thank you, Jesse, for sending me that along. And I'll put up a picture of that on the Instagram after the podcast. And go follow me on Instagram at BK Actual. And of course, follow me at Twitter at BK Actual Podcast. So uh, there we go. There's your announcements. Now, why don't we get into the news? And for the second week in a row, yes, I'm going to talk about the clusterfuck in Virginia. (laughs) And so let's let's update. I, I hit it pretty hard last week, right? Now recall, Northrum, the governor, is still refusing to resign. And then the attorney general came out and said, oh yeah, I also wore blackface. <laughs> so this is like a thing in Virginia. Now, if Northrum had resigned, his successor would have been, as I said last week, l- the lieutenant governor is next in line, right? And his name is Justin Fairfax. Now, he is facing serious sexual assault charges. And these are far more specific than the Brett Kavanaugh situation, which I also covered heavily. But yeah, he's refusing to resign now as well. 
And as of like, I think late last night, a second woman has come forward as well to accuse him of sexual assault. So here's the issue they're facing. (laughs) They can impeach Justin Fairfax, who happens to be African-American, at a moment when the state's other two top leaders, Governor Northam and the Attorney General Mark Herring, who are both white, are resisting calls to quit after admitting to what they did, which would be kind of ironic if, after the end of all this mess, the guy who gets thrown out is the black guy. But yes, uh, this comes less than a week after Northam and Herring said they wore blackface. And they are all now under tremendous pressure to resign or face impeachment. But as I said last week, if you're Northam and you can't run for governor again, and you're most certainly not going to get another elective office... You have three years of a guaranteed paycheck left. Why would you quit? Either that or be unemployed. And so far, he's resisting. So this is quite the political turmoil for Democratic leaders this weekend. And it's all revolving around race and gender. Two landmine-filled fields fraught with peril, as they say. So if Democrats don't oust Fairfax at a time when their party has taken a zero-tolerance stand on sexual misconduct, of course, the Me Too era, they could anger female voters. But, as the New York Times writes, the specter of Mr. Fairfax, who's 39 years old, still a young guy, being pushed out while two older white men remain in office, despite blackface behavior that evoked some of the country's most painful racist images, would deeply trouble many African Americans. Okay, let me stop the New York Times right there. For, okay, I, I talked about this as the blackface thing. It, is it very, like, kind of lame and, and uncool? Yeah. Is it, like, the fucking worst thing in the world, like, that you did this, like, 30 years ago or whatever? No, it's not. To me, it, it just isn't, okay? You were a stupid kid. It was a long time ago. It is Virginia, you know, which has its own questionable racist hate behavior. I think it's pretty whack, and But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And certainly the allegations against Fairfax are far more serious than somebody wearing a stupid costume 30 years ago. And I'll get to the allegation specificities in a moment. But it's funny how representatives who are also African-American already chiming in with this same theme, saying, hey, this is, this is, this is racist. But they, the problem is they're treating the blackface worn 30 years ago and these very specific, heinous sexual allegations the same. And in my opinion, a, a sexual assault against a female, if it's tr- assuming it's true, and this one is far more detailed than anything that the Kavanaugh thing happened. It's, it's, it names dates. It's very specific. People came out, witnesses, everything else. But to me, they're not the same. So it is a nightmare for Virginia Democrats Now, almost all of Virginia's Democrats on Friday night, last night, called on Fairfax to resign, and one legislator vowed to introduce articles of impeachment if Fairfax did not quit by Monday. Wow. The state Democratic Party, after a conference call of its steering committee on Saturday morning today, uh, in which there was a near-unanimous support for Fairfax to resign, issued a statement saying he no longer had their confidence or support and should quit. Hmm, near unanimous, huh? It's probably anonymous. I'd love to know who who said he shouldn't. 
Now, Nordstrom is also insisting he will not resign. But he does not face an imminent impeachment threat, and neither does Attorney General Herring, who is second in line to the governor. Now, the governor, this is funny, in an interview on Saturday with the Washington Post, says he intends to use the remaining of his term to pursue racial reconciliation and has been reading books like The Case for Reparations by that guy, I don't know how you pronounce his name, Ta-Nehisi Coates. He's a very big with the woke white liberal community, is the author Coates. Uh, He's also been reading Alex Haley's Roots to learn more about experiences of African Americans. (laughs) So so he's hiding behind the the woke shield. He's going to be, listen, I'm not going to resign. However, I will be quite woke. And I will read many books by black authors. Do you think he's actually going to read these books? Do you think he's actually been reading them? He says in this New York Times article he's been reading these books. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for one second. But how far Virginia Democrats go to confront these state, these three statewide officials uh, is going to send a signal about how committed they are to taking a hard line on sexual and racial transgressions. Oh, here's what I was just talking about. To some Democrats, Mr. Fairfax's alleged conduct is the most serious because he is the only one out of the three accused of a crime. Yeah, exactly. It's not against the law to be a buffoon and, and dress up like a, in blackface. But that does not make the political quandary any less torturous at a moment when the party's 2020 presidential primary is getting underway with more black and female candidates than have ever run for the White House before. So, And then the New York Times uh, goes on and on to talk about the many women and African Americans. Uh, so barely hours after Meredith Watson came forward on Friday saying she was raped by Mr. Fairfax in the year 2000 when they were students at Duke University, several senior Virginia Democrats began making the case that should Mr. Northam continue his refusal to resign, he ought to appoint State Senator Jennifer McClellan to replace Mr. Fairfax if he quits or is impeached. Uh, She is also black, African-American. So yeah, it's a big mess. Now, uh, we were talking about the initial accusations. Now, the original accuser is Dr. Vanessa Tyson. And she put out a statement through her attorneys, okay? And they, she had, like I said, she had specific dates. And she talked about they met at the Democratic National Convention in Boston. This is in 2004. And on the third day of the convention, July 8th, 2004, she writes, Mr. Fairfax suggested that I get some fresh air by accompanying him on a quick errand to retrieve documents from his room in a nearby hotel. Uh, She goes on to say, I had no reason to feel threatened about this. And she stood in the entryway of his room, and after he got the documents, he walked over and kissed her. She writes, although surprised by his advance, it was not unwelcome, and I did kiss him back. He then took my hand and pulled me towards the bed. I was fully clothed in a pants suit, and I had no intention of taking off my clothes or engaging in sexual activity. And here's where it gets pretty graphic. She writes, What began as consensual kissing quickly turned into a sexual assault. Mr. Fairfax put his hand behind my neck 
and forcefully pushed my head towards his crotch. Only then did I realize that he had unbuckled his belt, unzipped his pants, and had taken out his penis. He then forced his penis into my mouth. Utterly shocked and terrified, I tried to move my head away, but could not because his hand was holding down my neck and he was much stronger than me. As I cried and gagged, Mr. Fairfax forced me to perform oral sex on him. I cannot believe, given my obvious distress, that Mr. Fairfax thought this forced sexual act was consensual. To be clear, I did not want to engage in oral sex with Mr. Fairfax, and I never gave any form of consent. All right. Well, <laughs> see, now he's going to go, he's going to do the Weinstein defense. He's going to say it was consensual, you know, and in her statement, it, she doesn't really say how, how it ended. Like, the, there was no closure on this story. Uh, she just says, I consciously avoided Fairfax the remainder of the convention. I, I mean, what, you know, how, all right, not to sound like a dick. But these are important details, and this will come out if there's anything going on in court. Okay, so what did did he did he finish? Is my question. Did he did did she leave right away? Did she stop? Did she finally break away and leave? You know, as she's crying and gagging. That's what I'm saying. Because because if he he could easily say, oh no no no, this is totally consensual, and actually she stuck around my hotel room after I uh, finished up, and uh, you know we uh, we chatted, and I thought everything was cool. You know, that's what he's gonna. That's his play right now. So. Depends on what you believe. Now, the second person coming forward isn't going to help him. That's for sure. And uh, is there any detail in this? This is Meredith Watson again, the one who says he raped her in 2000 while they were students at Duke. Um, I'm just scrolling through this New York Times story. Well, Fairfax, just so you know, has denied both accusations and said that Watson's, the second chick, was demonstrably false. Is there anything else in here about Watson? Hmm. Uh, oh, here we go. All right. So, uh, she, the lawyer of Watson, says this was during spring break in year 2000 at the Alpha Pi Alpha frat house at Duke. And the lawyer says they never dated. She had dated one of his friends. They did not have a romantic relationship. But he's in there. You know, he's in the frat. She's in the frat house hanging out. Uh, he gets up and walks out, comes back in, shuts off the light, and locks the door. And she knew things were going south when he locked the door. Uh, she said her client did not seek medical attention or go to the police or the university administration and that Ms. Watson perceived Mr. Fairfax as a politically influential figure on campus. Well, la lady, you know, look, I'm trying to be fair here, uh, not be partisan. I'm just saying, if you don't fucking say anything at the time, it's pretty hard for me to think it wasn't consensual 17 years later when you come forward, when you never said shit at the time. Now, the first chick did say something at the time, but the second girl didn't say anything. That's what I'm saying. And they're just going to go. He's going to do the wines. I'm telling you guys. He's just going to say, all this was consensual. I never touched anybody like, prove, prove me wrong. That's what he's going to do. All right, anything else in here? No, not really. It goes on. So the, uh, 
That's pretty funny. And that's not the only more news in Virginia. Uh, there was other stuff. A Virginia military institute, VMI, it's very famous. Now this is apparently the new thing. Everybody's scouring yearbooks now. And one yearbook from the Virginia Military Institute um, that was overseen by Senate Majority Leader Tommy Normant in 1968 also features a host of racist photos and slurs, including blackface. Yes, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. And this guy, Normant, was managing editor of this publication. He went to VMI in Lexington, and he's been a state senator since 1992. On one page of the yearbook, a student poses in blackface, surrounded by others in costumes at a party. Um, another page features a photo of two men in blackface holding a football. The N-word is used at least once. And a student listed as being from Bangkok, Thailand, is referred to as anti-Chinese and anti-Japanese slurs. A blurb under one man's picture says, quote, he was known as the barracks Jew, end quote. Hmm. Boy, they just love fucking wearing blackface in Virginia. That's their thing. <laughs> oh, man. It's just too funny. There's another story from BuzzFeed, more about Northrum trying to now save himself by saying, oh, yeah, um, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to embrace the racial problem. And that's what I'm going to do from now on. And Al Sharpton has jumped in, which is funny. Remember Al Sharpton said about the Jews? He's like, hey, if any of the Jews have a problem, tell them, tell them to pin their yarmulkes back and come get, get a piece. I'm paraphrasing on that. But yeah, oh, the same story that BuzzFeed says uh, the same crap about how Northrum is reading Roots and the case for reparations by Coates. Yeah, I don't believe that. I want to see video proof of that. And not for like 10 seconds either. All right, let's move on. So Virginia's a fucking mess, a total basket case. And uh, they're all just, at this point, you might as well, if you don't resign right away, you might as well just hang on, right? Too funny. All right, meanwhile, we had a hearing for Acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker. And he was basically getting the grilled and they were talking about like Robert Mueller's investigation, among other things. And he apparently stunned onlookers and lawmakers when he tried to call time on the Democratic chairman after yet another line of questioning regarding special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia probe. And this was Gerald Nadler, who's a Democrat from New York. And... He was the one who Whitaker is responding to. So I do have several audio clips of this. So I'm going to start with the one where Whitaker says basically like, hey, uh, Representative, I see that your time is up, which is kind of funny. So let's hear how this one goes. Cassidy is acting attorney general. Have you ever been asked to approve any request or action to be taken by the special counsel? Mr. Chairman, uh, I see that your five minutes is up, and so uh, I'm... <laughs> we, 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 I am here, I'm here voluntarily. I, we have agreed to five-minute rounds. And the committee. I think that's a fine place to end the five-minute rule. The committee will, end, will, 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 will come to order. I will point out that we didn't enforce the five-minute rule on, 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 on the turn. Okay. Pretty fun. It goes on. There's, there's many other uh, clips of this. 
Uh, now, another audio clip I have, I've, I've not heard this one. Apparently, he tries to make a joke, Whitaker, and Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas uh, was uh, very upset and did not appreciate his humor. I've not heard this one, so let's hear how this one goes. Mr. Chairman, if the, if the Department of Inquiry, if, the, if he has, feels that a yes or no is appropriate, he'll answer in a yes or no. If he does not feel it's appropriate, he should be able to answer it in the appropriate, as many Democrat administration officials have done before this committee before. This, the, that is unreal. The, the member has only five minutes, and if she... F- if we've just discovered that she we have wants a yes or no answer, amazing. she's oh entitled to it. I will not allow the witness to stall and waste members' time. Witness Where were you when Mr. Holder were here? Mr. Chairman, question. may I have my time restored? I think it was at four minutes. Yes, you may. Thank you. Again, uh, Mr. Attorney General, right, uh, the goes. question is, did you have a confirmation hearing, and has it been more than 10 years since you testified before Congress? Um, Congresswoman, Can the clock is... be restored? It was. I'm sorry, what was your... I, I don't know if your time's been restored or not. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, we're not joking here. And your humor is not acceptable. Now, you are here because we have a constitutional duty to ask questions, and the Congress has the right to establish government rules. The rules are that you... Okay, enough of you. You guys get the idea. And uh, let's see. Here's Steve Cohen grilling Whitaker, and apparently he asks him the same question uh, quite a few times in a row, so Whitaker just finally gets sick of it. So let's listen to this fucking idiot. The special counsel's investigation is a witch hunt. Are you overseeing a witch hunt? Congressman, as I've mentioned previously, the special counsel's investigation is an ongoing investigation, and so I think it would be inappropriate for me to... But you wouldn't oversee a witch hunt, would you? You'd stop a witch hunt, wouldn't you? Congressman, uh, it would be inappropriate for me to talk about an ongoing investigation. You said that you're not interfering with the special counsel's investigation. Have you denied him any funds he's requested at all? Congressman, I can tell this is an important issue for you, but let's... It's an important issue for the American public and for the (laughs) the whole world. Oh, well, mister. Congressman, to answer your question directly, I have not denied any funds to the special counsel's investigation. Have you denied him the opportunity to go any areas where he wanted to investigate or any matters of investigation? Congressman, as I previously testified, I have not interfered with the special counsel's investigation. All right, he's done. Finally, fucking Steve Cohen, dude. This guy, he looks like he's like half dead. Uh, then Whitaker gets the chance to slam the committee for not talking about issues that matter, and he brings up opioid crisis and other stuff like that. So let's hear this one. It's going to be a day in which we chase a lot of rabbits. Unfortunately, when we get to the end of the day, the good men and women in the department side of the Department of Justice, which is what you were pitched with back before the chairman was the chairman, this is not going to be an oversight hearing. It's going to be more of a rabbit chase down a lot of holes. With that, I yield back. Mr. Collins, if you don't Mr. Chairman, may I, may I answer his, his You may. Yeah. I, I think it's important as we sit here today that uh, we understand that this is not a confirmation hearing, uh, that I am probably going to be replaced by Bill Barr in the next week. Uh, this is an oversight hearing for the Department of Justice. And I am I'm surprised that we've both had the, the chairman and the ranking member talk about uh, what they want to talk about, that we haven't talked anything about the work regarding violent crime. We haven't talked about the opioid crisis. We haven't talked about religious liberty. We haven't talked about free speech on our college campuses and, and a whole host of other issues that I know are very important to you. And I look forward to talking about the substance of the work. Yeah, they don't want to hear that. All they want to talk about is Mueller and Russia. Uh, yeah, so I, I needed to clarify that. He was not there 
you know, being confirmed. This was like just a deposition about a bunch of other crap, but it gives members a chance to grandstand all these things. Now, last one I want to play is from, this is from that crazed uh, Washington Congresswoman, Pramila Jayapal. I don't know how you pronounce her name. She's a fucking radical communist left-wing kook, right? And she starts shrieking about the child separations. Again, what this has to do with why he's there, I have no fucking clue. Again, this is just a chance for people to grandstand. But listen to how she just fucking wigs out and gets all emotional. And this is like, dude, I don't trust her. She sounds unstable to me. Let's listen to this uh, chick talk to him. So these parents were in your custody. Your attorneys are prosecuting them. And your department was not tracking parents who were separated from their children. Do you know what kind of damage has been done to children and families across this country? Children who will never get to see their parents again. Do you understand the magnitude of that? I understand that the policy of zero tolerance. <laughs> Has the Justice Department started tracking parents and legal guardians who were separated from their children at the border? The, the time of the gentlelady has expired. The, the witness may answer the question. Congresswoman, I, I appreciate your passion for this issue, and I know that you've been very involved on the front lines of this. This is about more than my passion. This is about the children's future, Mr. Whitaker. Please answer. Okay, you know what? I'm going to stop there. And one more time, you guys. I've covered this for a long time. Uh, these, she's talking about foreign children, not your children. She doesn't give a flying fuck about your children. She's all about foreign illegal immigrant children, though. That's all they fucking care about. It blows my mind, dude. Oh, she is a kook. She will not give one rat's ass. She's a representative from Washington. I mean, my sister lives in Washington. She's got to walk by like 18 guys injecting heroin into themselves with her small child to get him to school. But her representative doesn't give a fuck about any of that. No, it's all about the uh, illegal immigrant children who, let's not forget, I feel bad that that happened, but let's not forget their parents were the one who put this in th them and themselves in this position, okay? I'm, my fucking sympathy meter is just about pegged on the plight of the poor illegal immigrants who have been told repeatedly, don't come here, you will be prosecuted, do not illegally immigrate to this country, especially with the child, and they do it anyway, okay? I don't, I'm sorry, you fucked yourself, bud. You're fucking afraid of Honduras and Nicaragua and everything else? Fine, you can go to Mexico, or you can go south, go to Brazil. You can go any number, any one of a number of places, but they don't want to. They just want to come to the U.S., and why do you think that is? Get out of here with this. Uh, was that my last clip? Yeah, that's it for that. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> that's, all right, let's go into some world news stories. There was This one was, uh, I don't know if you heard about this. Here's a pop quiz, and I would have failed this quiz if I would have been asked as well. Who is Oscar Arias Sanchez? Who is that? Anybody know? And again, I wouldn't know either. Well, he is the former president of Costa Rica, and he won the Nobel Prize in 1987 for his effort to bring peace to Central America. And he's been president of Costa Rica twice, and he has been one of Latin America's most respected figures. However, he is now being accused of sexual assault. And the number of women now is up to four after 48 hours. Uh, so two former journalists and a book editor and a former talk show host 
have all come forward to say that at one point in time, Arius sexually assaulted them. And, you know, this is like a big deal. This is like a huge, you know, he's considered had to have a lot of gravitas. He's a senior statesman. He used his Nobel Prize winning money to start a foundation that promotes peace and democracy. And now prosecutors have opened up an investigation on him. And one of the women is also a psychiatrist. And she's claiming that Arias had sexually accosted her in his home office. Now, he's, again, categorically denying every assault allegation. But, yes, it is up to four. So this is just the latest guy in, like, the, you know, the whole line of the Me Too uh, movement. So he's being accused now as well. Man, it's just never-ending. Let's go into some military news in the United States military. Uh, the United States has officially reduced military aid to Cameroon over human rights abuses. So the Defense Department told Cameroonian officials that it would hold off on providing military gear and training programs uh, because they believe there have been abuses, which they have not really elaborated on. All they're saying is that the U.S. does not assist security forces credibly accused of gross human rights violations. It, this is unclear whether the move against Cameroon was in response to abuses carried out as part of the government's crackdown on secessionists in English-speaking regions or abuses that have occurred in the battle against the Islamic militant group Boko Haram. It could be both of those. Uh, so Cameroon borders Nigeria, in case you don't know, and Boko Haram has been ramping up attacks there after terrorizing the northeastern part of Nigeria in recent years. Furthermore, Cameroon shares, Cameroon shares a frontier with the Central African Republic, I've covered that in the past, where armed groups have been locked in religious and communal fighting since 2013. Now, the American government has a particular interest in supporting the battle against Boko Haram, which has factions that take orders from the Islamic State, and the U.S. has stood by Cameroon for years, providing training and military equipment to that nation, as well as other bordering countries. So, uh, the suspended delivery of, equ of equipment included four defender boats, uh, some kind of boat, nine armored vehicles, a radar system, and an upgrade of a Cessna aircraft. Uh, they also had training and spare parts for a Cameroonian C-130 aircraft. So it's kind of a big deal. Remember, so this kind of this was kind of uh, instigated by that video. You guys remember that video that came out last year, and it showed shooting uh, showed showed forces shooting to death two women, and an infant was strapped to the back of the one woman. Yeah, and they've had other videos surfacing that shows some kind of soldiers, and who knows who they are, committing various. Uh, human rights abuses. Staying in Africa, the Army has issued a new reprimand to the leader of the Green Beret team that was ambushed in 2017 in Niger, heavily covered here as well. Now, this was Captain Michael Parazeni, and he was cited in a letter dated January 16th for not performing proper pre-mission training before the mission that led to the ambush. Now, that reprimand will go into Captain Perozeni's local personnel file, meaning it should not follow him throughout his military career. Uh, now, they did 
pull back the original admonishment, which was a failure to ensure his team was adequately trained. And recall, I covered that one because that was first issued, and Jim Mattis, the defense secretary at the time, was pissed off because they were kind of being harsh on the junior officer while not giving any blame at all to the senior officers. Uh, So he's still going to get reprimanded, but it sounds like it's not as serious. Now, meanwhile, in more war, the Pentagon has stepped up airstrikes and special operations raid in Afghanistan to the highest level since 2014 in what Defense Department officials described as a coordinated series of attacks on Taliban leaders and fighters. Now, this surge, which began last fall, is intended to give American negotiators leverage in peace talks with the Taliban after President Trump said he would begin withdrawing troops and wind down the nearly 18-year war. The campaign appears to have registered with the militants. During negotiations, the Taliban complained bitterly about the torrent of airstrikes. (laughs) Oh, I'm fucking sorry. Too bad. Too bad for you. What, you don't want to go visit Allah? I'm sorry. Yeah, we're fucking giving it to him. The boys are hitting him over there, all the pipe hitters. Oh, yeah, getting some, putting in some work. Uh, in case you're wondering, last year the United States dropped more than 7,000 bombs, missiles, and other munitions on extremists in Afghanistan. That was up from 2,365 in 2014. And since September alone, the United States has launched about 2,100 air and artillery strikes in Afghanistan. Additionally, American and Afghan commandos more than doubled the number of joint raids conducted from September to early February compared with the same five-month period a year earlier. All right, good. So they're stepping on the gas before we all leave? Okay, sure, why not? Uh, Meanwhile, in Istanbul... There is a serious building collapse that happened, and the death toll has risen to at least 15. It's in the collapse of an eight-story apartment building. Uh, Luckily, some good things did happen. They just dug out a 16-year-old boy, still alive after almost two days, buried under the debris. Uh, Now, they're continuing to search for possible survivors, but you guys know how that is. That's running against the clock right now. Now, Turkey does have a history of shoddy construction practices, and that's a factor that was blamed for the high death toll in the 1999 earthquake that struck about 55 miles southeast of Istanbul. Uh, hmm. Oh, here we go. Uh, I, was, I was wondering, like, what, New York Times, how could you write that and then not put in what the death toll does? But they do... It's just several paragraphs later. So you guys don't even fucking know. While I'm reading, my eyeballs have to scan ahead and leaping forward, always. And my brain has to struggle to keep up. You guys think it's easy. I know, I make it sound easy. It's not. That 1999 earthquake uh, was a magnitude 7.4, and it killed more than 17,000 people. Holy shit. And destroyed tens of thousands of buildings. That has obviously made them kind of think to themselves, hey, maybe we should uh, upgrade our buildings to, to, to deal with these codes. Uh, my Canadian listeners, a couple of you guys sent me these stories, so let's get into them. They had a couple big court cases that were, uh, got resolved. For one, that Bruce MacArthur guy, 
who pled guilty to eight murders that brought fear to Toronto's gay community. He was sentenced uh, yesterday to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. However, as his court case came to a close, the motivation of MacArthur, who is a 67-year-old landscaper, remains unknown. Now, in case you're wondering, in Canada, a first-degree murder conviction brings an automatic sentence of life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. Uh, The only question before the judge was whether to invoke a relatively new law that extends the period for parole hearing by allowing consecutive sentences. Uh, So he will not be able to seek parole until he's 91 years old. So the chances of that happening are pretty, pretty small. Now, this guy, MacArthur, dismembered his victims and buried their remains in a planter, and as well as a ravine. So there was a, there was a lot of lurid details, and a lot of the gay community in Toronto thought they were being stalked by a serial killer. So that was one of them. Now, the other big sentence handed down in that was the guy who, God, I'd forgotten all about this one. This was Alexandre Bissonnette, and he's a 29-year-old former politics student. He was sentenced yesterday to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 40 years for shooting six people dead in that attack on a mosque in Quebec City. In Jan- that was in January of 2017, so a little over a year ago, two years ago, two years ago. Now, during that attack, he shot several worshippers in the head. 19 people were injured, including one who was paralyzed for life. Now, under Canadian law, he could have gone to prison for 150 years or 25 years for each of the six deaths. So, um, one Muslim leader said he was disappointed by his sentence, saying it did not do justice to a horrific crime. He said the rampage left children without parents, destroyed lives, and this man can be free after 40 years. Now, he's only 29, so the chances of him being able to parole, as long as he maintains good behavior in prison, is pretty good. They don't have the death penalty in Canada, I'm just imagining. Well, too bad. You guys should fucking get the death penalty and use it. Start doing it a lot. But they never will. They're, they're way SJWE up there. There was some Catholic Church news as well. Uh, One of them was a rape case against a bishop, and this happened in India. And this is Bishop Franco Molakal. And he is being accused and charged on accusations of rape and intimidation against a nun. But the church only acknowledged the nun's accusations after five of her fellow nuns mutinied and publicly rallied to her side to draw attention to her year-long quest for justice. And as you would expect, they described heavy pressure to remain silent being put on them. And the case in India, and this is in the southern state of Kerala, is part of a much larger problem in the church, clearly. And it is dividing India's Catholics. In the case, you know, I didn't even know. Uh, there's 20 million Catholics in India. So it's a small part of the population. But 20 million is 20 million still. And since this case came out, more nuns have stepped forward to report sexual abuse at the hands 
of the priests. God. You know, it's just, it's depressing covering the Catholic Church shit, just knowing that, you know, I grew up as a Catholic church, in the Catholic Church until I was like 13 or so. And it just seems there's like fucking no bottom, dude. You know, Pope Francis publicly acknowledged the problem for the first time this week, the sexual abuse of nuns and religious women. And those accusations have accused forced abortions from the priests, from these good holy men. They, they, they'd, they'd impregnate the nuns, and then they would force them to fucking get abortions, these men of God. Sucking, sickening to me. Uh, so at least I guess he's talking about it, but way too little, way too late, in my opinion. Brazil has undergone a few tragedies lately. I covered the mining disaster they had not long ago. Well, they had another one in Rio de Janeiro. And this was a fire that basically burned down an entire dormitory at a Brazilian training center for teenage soccer players. And this is this a big deal. This, this dormitory, this training center is run by one of South America's most prominent teens, teams, and it's killed at least 10 Ah, oh, that's fucking brutal. This is a club Flamengo out of Rio. And it broke out in the early morning when many youth players ages 14 to 17 were asleep. Oh, man. One Brazilian sports news website said that all of the dead were players. Um, the dorm did house 26 of them. 13 of them managed to escape unharmed. They said the location was completely consumed in flames. Oof. Yeah, this is a big deal out of there. Uh, President Jair Bolsonaro posted a condolence message on social media. Uh, he himself has been hospitalized after intense intestinal surgery and pneumonia. He, he came down with. So they've, uh, yeah, then the New York Times points out, yeah, this comes two weeks after that dam broke. And that mining disaster was the most lethal in Brazil's history. And also a powerful summer storm in Rio set off flooding and mudslides, and that just killed six people in the last couple days. So they're going through tough times down there in Brazil. Okay. What else? Uh, Let's note the passing of John Dingle. Congressman John Dingle has died at the age of 92. He was a military veteran. He was the longest-serving representative in American history. He won 30 straight elections over nearly six decades. And then he became quite active on Twitter and very woke at the end as well. So John Dingle, he's gone. Sadly enough, you know, I, I talked about this one other time, about the VA parking lot suicides, the Veterans Administration. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of becoming a trend. And apparently these guys are committing these suicides in a parking lot to draw attention to what they say is like, hey, I'm getting I'm not getting help here. And the Washington Post published a lengthy look at the issue on Thursday. And they had statistics showing that there were 19 suicides on VA campuses, seven of them in parking lots from October 27 through November 2018. And the common theme, the Post reported, is that veterans felt abandoned by the system that was supposed to protect them and make them better. Here said one of them, Jim Turner, and this is the one I covered, actually, a couple weeks back. Jim Turner was a 55-year-old former Marine colonel. He committed suicide by rifle 
in his car at the St. Petersburg, Florida VA hospital. And the Post reported the veteran suicide rate was 26.1 for every 100,000 adults in 2016. That is significantly higher than the non-veteran rate of 17.4 per 100,000 adults. Oh, man, this is a crazy stat. The VA noted that its staff stopped 233 suicide attempts on its campuses in that same time period, October 2017, November 2018. 233? Wow. Man, that's, that's a lot. Um, some more stats. 321 active duty service members committed suicide last year. That's the most since 2012. Wow. And in 2012, it was the same number, 321. See, I, you know, that's, uh, I, I, I don't know the answer to this one, guys. I just don't. I think a lot of people are institutionalized. I, you guys, I've dead my little spiel before. I think a lot of people are institutionalized, and then they feel lost when they get out of the military. But even the people in the military, 321 on active duty? I mean, what's going on there? What, why? I mean, you have a pretty, you know, you got a comfortable job. You're making a middle class income. You've got a lot of benefits. You got a lot going for you. It's not easy to get in the military anymore. I've gone over those statistics, you know, here and there. And I've talked personally with many young men who are battling constantly to get in the military. My man who just went off to, he finally got it. He, this guy fucking fought the med board for like two years to get a waiver for an old shoulder problem. Luckily, in his case, it worked out. But it's not so easy to get in the military. So you'd think once you got in, you know, it'd be like, okay, well, life isn't bad. <laughs> Apparently, that's not the case, at least for 321 people last year. I don't know the answer to that. Just keep an eye on each other. That's all you can do. Now, in a different sort of shooting and continuing at the military, this is fascinating to me. All right, here's a story from the Army Times. Now, listen to this. This is Specialist Kevin Hollian. And on St. Patrick's Day of 2017, Specialist Hollian was celebrating a friend's promotion at a home near Fort Campbell, Kentucky. They were drinking, clearly. And at one point, Hollian took out his Glock 23 pistol, which he kept stored at that friend's house where they were because he was not allowed to keep it in the barracks. Apparently, he was still living in the barracks on base. So he takes out his Glock 23 to show to other members of his company. And he was uh, within the 3rd Brigade Combat Team, 101st Airborne Division. So some soldiers made a joke. And in response, Holian joked back, holding the handgun up to his head and suggesting he should just kill himself. Then he pulled the trigger. Guess what? There was a round in the chamber. Yep. But according to Hollian, he did not think the weapon was loaded. And a fellow soldier's statement backs up the assertion that, at least at the beginning of the get-together, the pistol wasn't loaded. Well, <sighs> and this same guy said he was also not drunk. Now, he did survive. That's the thing. He's, it looks like he's in a wheelchair, though. Now, the initial line of duty investigation, you know, the thing to figure out if this happened in a line of duty, because that will make a tremendous difference in your benefits. That investigation initially found that because the shooting was an accident, he believed the weapon wasn't loaded and he had no intention to hurt himself, 
they said, yes, he was injured in the line of duty. However, Major General Andrew Pappas, commander of the 101st Airborne, chose to disregard the investigating officer's finding designating uh, that shooting was not in the line of duty. And it's interesting because he's saying, no, this was a reckless act. But now his lawyer, Hollian's lawyer, said that recklessness alone is not automatically outside the line of duty. Uh, what is it? I'm, trying, I'm just looking to see what his injuries are. He's, he's in a wheelchair. It doesn't say what's wrong with him. Come on, military army times. Do better than that. It just says he's in a wheelchair. Like, what is it? Did he sever his spinal cord? Is he completely paralyzed? I don't know. They just said he's permanently disabled. Hmm. I'm torn on it, you know? You guys know I have zero sympathy for people who do stupid shit with handguns. I do. But, I mean, what are you going to do? He, he can't live by himself. He's disabled in a wheelchair. So if you say it's not in the line of duty, he just basically doesn't get that many benefits. So they calling, they're calling him willfully negligent, which he clearly was. But making a misguided mistake is not in and itself considered misconduct. Yeah. Now, there's some debate, obviously, to how intoxicated Holian was. Now, that's probably the big one. I mean, I assume he'd been drinking. I mean, some soldier, they're, they're obviously going to try to have his back and say, no, 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 he didn't drink at all. I get it. But I'm sure he was. Well, in some, yeah, I mean, being in a wheelchair for the rest of your life as a young man is kind of punishment enough, honestly. But I don't know. There's no good answer to this. I don't have any sympathy for him. If, but, you know, so he either becomes a ward of the military or the ward of the state. Either way, he's going to be a ward of someone. Either way, you're going to be paying for him. The military might as well, I guess. But fuck, dude. I don't know. What is that? You know that same shit happened out here in San Diego a few years back? Some fucking young Navy SEAL brought a chick home to bang. I think I might have told this story before. It was a few years back. And she was. he basically took out his pistol. He'd been drinking. And was like showing it off. And she's like, yeah, you know what? We've been drinking. Could you put the handgun away? And this fucking guy says, what are you so worried about? It's not loaded. Look. And he points the fucking gun to his head and he pulls the trigger and he kills himself. In that case, he did not survive. But what are you doing? There's no fucking reason for you ever to do that. All guns are loaded all the time. Firearms rule number one. Let me fucking say it again for you dopes. All guns are loaded all the time. That's it. I don't know what more to say. All right, what else? Uh, there's a few funny stories in here. Uh, here, a little local story. This is kind of interesting. In uh, San Diego here, um, there was a ivory smuggling ring broken up here. Yeah. Uh, in a very posh part of La Jolla, right on Prospect Street there, if you know the area, that's where all the you know high-end art galleries are and everything. Well, there was a jewelry store there called Carlton Gallery. And the men behind the jewelry store will pay a combined total of $210,000 in fines after more than 300 pieces of illegal elephant and hippo ivory were found at its store and warehouse. Now, this ivory seizure, valued at $1.3 million, was the largest of its kind in the history of California since it was banned in July of 2016. Yes, ivory was banned. 
the store's owner, Victor Cohen, and salesperson, Sheldon Coopersmith, both pled guilty to the illegal ivory operation. Cohen was convicted of 11 counts of trafficking, and Coopersmith was convicted of 8 counts. Yeah, the fucking ivory, man. That's still a big deal. I don't know why. Uh, they, it, oh, this is cool. They did a sting. Uh, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife began investigating them when a trafficking unit noticed two Art Deco sculptures that appeared to have ivory on display in the store's front window. Whoops. So then they said, hey, we should check these guys out. So on May 1st of last year, wildlife officers went undercover to buy an ivory sculpture from the gallery. And that's when Cooper Smith, the salesman, then offered to sell the officers three more pieces containing ivory. So then they got a search warrant and they seized all kinds of shit from it. Yeah, ivory's still big. Yeah, that's lame. I mean, the, you know, I know a lot of this is the, you know, the Asian market with the, the ivory. I mean, fucking get over it, dude. We're not going to fucking kill elephants so you can use ground-up ivory to get erections or whatever they use it for. I don't know what they use it for. Uh, health news, this is exciting. Scientists said on Wednesday they have successfully used mice stem cells to grow kidneys in rat embryos. And this is using a technique that could one day help grow human kidneys for transplant. This is great. About time. Can you imagine if they finally figure out the organ transplant thing, how many lives would be saved from that alone? It's pretty extraordinary. They said, of course, this is only a first step. And that serious technical barriers and complex ethical issues remain before the process could be used for human organs. Uh, so basically how it worked quickly is that the researchers collected rat embryo structures that had been genetically modified so they would not develop kidneys on their own. Then these embryos were injected with these stem cells from mice and implanted into rat wombs so they could be carried to term. And then the researchers found that the mice stem cells produced apparently functional kidneys in the rats. Hmm. Well, that's good. It's a good thing. We need to hurry up with the organ transplant thing, you guys. So we can swap them out as needed. We need that. Well, let's come back to San Diego. You guys know I talk about the homeless quite a bit. We'll need a big story about the homeless out here in SD. And city council members have voted unanimously this week to repeal a 35-year-old law that has made it illegal for people to live inside vehicles. Oh, that's fucking great, isn't it? Uh, it, let me tell you something. This is this is going to backfire huge. And and you know what? I will say that I will only before I would tell every homeless guy. I'm like, then go fucking park your car and live in your car in Rancho Santa Fe. Go to La Jolla. Go to Encinitas. Go to the wealthy communities. Just fucking stop parking in front of my house. Believe me, in the summertime especially, I already have fucking enough of a headache with it. With dudes who are clearly living out of their car for a few days at a time. And now they're not going to criminalize it anymore. Uh, so that, that law, that 35-year-old law was passed in 1983. And this was a unanimous vote. You believe this? Oh, fuck. You guys think I overestimate how all politicians are social justice warriors? This fucking council vote was 9 nothing. It wasn't even, not one fucking person said, why are we doing this? Unbelievable. So all you fucking hardworking San Diegans who pay big bucks for these houses, pay ridiculous rents, you pay, you work hard for all this. Now some fucktard is going to park in front of your car for a month and they're just going to live out there. There's nothing you can do about it. 
ridiculous. And this is funny. You know, that 9 nothing vote came after more than a dozen homeless people who live in their cars testified that the law has been a major burden. Oh, I'm fucking sorry. Isn't that cool, though? Like, see, the homeless have all day. The homeless and their enablers, they have all fucking day to go to the city council meeting and chant slogans and do their ridiculous propaganda. You can't go to the city council meeting. It's in the middle of the fucking day. You're working. The guy who lives out of his car, he got nowhere to do. The fucking activist groups who say, hey, here's 50 bucks. You want to come in and chant and wave a sign for me? They have all day to do this. You're, you're fighting a losing battle, you the taxpaying citizen. Now, this repeal comes six months after a federal judge ordered the city to stop ticketing people under that law, saying it was unconstitutional because it's too vague for enforcement. Oh, God, this again. This is the new thing with the SJW judges, I've noticed. They basically, if they don't like a law, they say it's too vague. And then they come up with some convoluted meeting of what vague is. In this case, U.S. District Judge Anthony Battaglia said the law doesn't indicate specifically what turns a vehicle into a person's home or living quarters, noting that people have gotten tickets under the law for reading a book inside their vehicle. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they were doing more than that. You fucking telling me that a guy, a normal guy is sitting in his car reading a book and a cop just came up and taking him? No, obviously there's extenuating circumstances. Like the car is filled with fucking rubbish. And the injunction by Battaglia came in response to a lawsuit filed on behalf of disabled homeless people who prefer to live in vehicles because they don't function well in traditional homeless shelters. Oh, <laughs> oh well, that's not my problem. Ugh. That's the end of the article. You guys, this is a fucking total war against you. I tell you, in California, they're crazy. They don't want anybody put in jail for any fucking reason. How many times, you got you long-term podcast listeners, I know you guys think I'm always using hyperbole, and I'm prone to flying into rage. Those are both true. But one thing I'm not wrong on is the years I've been covering the homeless out here and the years I've been telling you how California and their politicians have this new fucking religious belief that putting anybody in jail is itself a crime. They look for fucking any excuse to not put people in jail. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. Oh, and one more story out of San Diego. You guys know I've been covering that trial of the Navy SEAL. That's uh, Chief Petty Officer Ed Gallagher. That's ongoing here in San Diego, and this is the one who's facing trial against war crimes, allegedly. Well, one of the charges has been dropped, and this is a big deal. A judge has dropped, I'm sorry, judges dropped two of the charges against Gallagher. Uh, one charge is related to his reenlistment next to the body of a slain teenage ISIS fighter, and another is related to him allegedly operating a drone over the corpse. He is still charged with premeditated murder for allegedly stabbing to death that previously wounded teenage ISIS fighter and with aggravated assault for allegedly shooting at civilians during a 2017 deployment to Iraq. Now, I noted on Twitter that the original story said he was taking, he was holding up a head. So clearly that's not the fucking case because there's no way they would have dropped that charge if he was doing a, re uh, a re-enlistment ceremony holding up a fucking severed head. But that's what the original one was. I wonder how they got that that wrong. Now, they still say he posed for photos with the young fighter's body. 
and he still faces charges that he obstructed justice by attempting to discourage members of his platoon from reporting him and then allegedly retaliated against subordinates who did. Uh, I can tell you the online SEAL community is very supportive of Gallagher in general from what I've seen. And uh, maybe that they're right. Hey, I'm just reading the fucking what, what the news says so far. And the, his brother, Gallagher's brother, has uh, called on Trump to get involved. Because if Gallagher is convicted, he could spend the rest of his life in prison if he's convicted on those war crime charges. Uh, his brother, Sean Gallagher, wrote an op-ed and said, quote, speaking of Gallagher, he had just had a battle with ISIS, and in the midst of that, after defeating the enemy on the same battle, he risked his life. He swears before man and God that he will do it again, that he will stand his post and defend his country. There are lawyers back home in the Navy that wanted to charge him for a war crime for that, end quote. I guess he's still talking about the reenlistment ceremony. Well, I don't know. They did give seven other SEALs immunity for, to, to agree to, uh, I, but that's also hazy. The reporting said they gave seven other Navy SEALs immunity in the case, but they didn't say they gave them immunity in exchange for their testimony. So I don't, I still don't know what that's all about. Well, I will keep you updated on that. Uh, this one is amusing, and a couple of you guys sent me this. You know the cryptocurrencies, like Bitcoin and everything? Well, as you guys know, there was uh, there's a lot of cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin's not the only one. Well, there's a Canadian crypto exchange called Quadriga CX. And they say they cannot repay most of their client holdings, which amount to about $190 million, because the 30-year-old founder named Gerald Cotton died in India in December of 2018, and he was the only guy who knew the passwords to the Bitcoin thing. So... So his widow says that Quadriga CX owes its customers like $190 in both cryptocurrency and fiat money, but they filed for creditor protection because they say they cannot access the funds stored in cold storage is what they call it. Now, this is getting a little in the weeds and I don't want to get too much into it. It's confusing. Cryptocurrency is confusing enough anyway, but basically they call a hot wallet that's what they call the very small amount that is used for funds, uh, you know, transferring, transferring fund in, in cryptocurrency. The cold storage is like where they keep your crypto that you've bought or earned, and they basically have it in the, it's like a savings account for crypto, okay? And that's what they're saying, like, look, th there's fucking no other person who knows this, and it's impossible to get it out. So you, these investors are screwed, basically. Man. You better fucking write that shit down on a piece of paper or something, man. Man, crazy. Uh, let's talk about some Second Amendment stuff. I know a lot of you guys are uh, gun owners, so let's talk about this. Since Parkland, they're saying that gun seizure laws are kind of growing in popularity. And supporters of these say that these so-called red flag laws are among the most promising tools to reduce the nearly 40,000 suicides and homicides by firearms each year. Now, gun advocates, of course, are saying such measures undermine their constitutional rights and can result in people being stripped of their weapons on false or vindictive accusations. Now, nine states have passed laws over the past year allowing police or household members to seek court orders requiring people deemed 
threatening to temporarily surrender their guns. And that now brings a total of states who have those laws to 14, and they think several more are likely to follow because they already have more in the works. Now, more than 1,700 orders allowing guns to be seized for weeks, months, or up to a year were issued in 2018 by the courts after they determined that the individuals were a threat to themselves or others, uh, according to data obtained by the Associated Press. Now, they think the actual number of seizures or orders are probably much higher since the data was incomplete and did not include California. So these laws have gained no momentum, after, especially after Parkland at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and that fucking uh, insane nut Nicholas Cruz because he was widely known to be mentally troubled yet had access to weapons. So that's kind of the big, the big deal. And Florida did pass a red flag law as part of a gun control package in the wake of that shooting. And Florida is notoriously gun-friendly. Um, now, California, Connecticut, Indian, Indiana, Oregon, Washington have already had similar laws. But since Florida passed them, uh, New York, Delaware, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Vermont have also adopted them. And several other states are debating them this year, including New Mexico. So... They want your guns. Now, one of the, you know, they tried this in, they try, I want to say they tried this in Cali. Here's the other, this is the other tactic they're trying to get, is to make the ammunition so ridiculously expensive that you can't use your gun. Okay, that, and I want to say, guys, I don't have the story in front of me. I want to say they tried this in California and it was shot down by the courts. Because the court said, basically, if you make it impossible to use the firearm, essentially you're banning firearms. And they were trying to raise, they were trying to make it like fucking a hundred dollars a round or something insane like that. And the court said, you know, just because you're not directly banning the firearm and that would be unconstitutional. And when you make the firearm essentially useless, that's the same thing. And you can't do that. Well, it's not going to stop them. Uh, a representative named Jillian Gilchrist and I'm sorry, you guys, I didn't prep this. Uh, oh, here we go. She's a, a state representative of Connecticut, 18th District. She has introduced a 50% tax increase on ammunition. And she's basically saying, well, how much ammunition do you really need? And let's uh, let's hear how she says, sounds. Hey, representative sounds like. Jillian Gilchrist here to give another bill update. One of the bills I've introduced this legislative session with my good colleague, Senator Will Haskell, would increase the tax on ammunition here in the state. Currently, ammunition is taxed at the same rate as other products, uh, but we want to increase it by 50% because we see this as a prevention measure. Um, it wouldn't apply to uh, law enforcement or to military. Fuck uh, you! For example, if someone were to buy a 50 cartridge box of ammunition, which goes for about $10, it would increase the price to $15. Uh, we see this as a public health measure, um, similar to what we've done in the state of Connecticut with increasing the tax on cigarettes. Uh, when we increase that tax, we've seen a reduction in use. And so we want to continue Connecticut's legacy of being a leader on preventing and addressing gun violence. And we see this as another step forward in that direction. Okay, and she also, she, she also says, shut up, shut up, shut up. She also asked, how much ammunition does someone really need? Well, first of all, you need ammunition to fucking acquire proficiency, dum-dum. She's basically saying, oh, you don't need that much ammunition to protect your home. Well, 
Yeah, you fucking do because you need to learn how to fucking manipulate your weapon, crazy lady. What is it with Connecticut? Why are they so fucking SJW up there? It's a very wealthy state filled with rich, successful people, and they're the most left-wing kook fucking state there is, man. I don't get that. Man. I mean, it's, it doesn't sound too bad, right? Oh, it's only, it's only giving me another five bucks. Mark my words, that's only the beginning. And my other gun control story, there's a new uh, tactic also. Now they want you to fucking uh, reveal your social media history to Illinois police before you're approved for a firearm. Yeah, this is only in Chicago. Trust me, they're going to try to make this national. Uh, yes, so they say basically you have to show the cops your Facebook uh, account and let them browse through all of your stuff before they decide whether or not you can use your constitutionally protected Second Amendment rights. Again, this is this is not some you know little law. This is your constitutional rights. It was so important. It was number two, right behind free speech, the Second Amendment, right? Those are the only ones that matter, you guys. The First and Second Amendment, everything else after that really doesn't matter as much as those two. And now they're worried. They're saying uh, basically like, look, this is gun groups are like, you can't fucking do this. You, this is basically presuming somebody is guilty before you give them a firearms license. This is nonsense. Now, the guy who introduced this, who is this guy? Daniel Dietich of Buffalo Grove, Democrat, of course. And he says his bill is a less intrusive version of a similar measure that's been proposed in New York State. That version allows police to recover a gun license applicant's entire browsing history. <laughs> God, what? I don't have that story in front. I didn't know about that one. That's at the very bottom of the story. Wow. So if you apply for a gun in, in New York State, the SJWs there want to... Basically, you to hand over your computer so they can look at your entire browsing history? Fuck off. Out of here with that, man. Yikes. Okay, let's turn to some immigration news. You guys know I like that. And yes, the rapper 21 Savage was arrested and taken into custody. That's right. He is now in ICE custody. Uh, his real name, it turns out, is Shaya bin Abraham Joseph. And ICE is saying that, yes, he is in the United States illegally. They say he's, well, okay, so they say he's lived in Atlanta since 2005, having arrived legally, according to this Guardian article, in the U.S. at the age of seven. But on the morning of the Super Bowl, he was arrested by ICE. And according to them, he is a citizen of the U.K. who failed to depart under the terms of his non-immigrant visa. He did confirm that he had been born in England. Uh, so, ICE claims that 21 <laughs> carried a felony drug conviction from 2014, which is enough reason to place an undocumented person in Georgia under arrest and begin removal procedures. His lawyer is saying that this arrest is, quote, based upon incorrect information about prior criminal charges, end quote. Okay, I don't know what that means. And, uh, and indeed, I did reach out to my DHS sources and ask about that. And they're saying, basically, he came on the radar, yes, because he came on the radar because of his drug conviction. Hey, here's a fucking hint. If you're an illegal immigrant, maybe don't fucking engage in felonious behavior. 
There's there's my fucking uh, globalist advice to you if you don't want to get caught, illegals. I'm just saying. Uh, so if he does now, his lawyer is also saying that felony charge was expunged. I don't have any remote. Uh, I don't have any information on that. Now, if he does, though, in fact, have a prior felony charge, the chances that, that he would be able to remain in the United States are slim. Um, so his lawyer saying his undocumented status is basically a product of his family's choices. Well, is this family here? How about we deport them? I always love that argument. You know, whenever they talk about the Dream Act kids or DACA, they're like, these children came to the U.S. on their own because their parents brought them. And I'm like, okay, well, the parents are here. Let's deport the parents then. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't we? They never say that part. I'm like, okay, well, let's get rid of them. We'll keep the kid and get rid of the parents. Now, this is a big deal, and I've talked about this before. In 2017, Savage filed for a special non-immigrant U-Visa. These U-Visas are, I've talked about before, because the, the immigration attorneys are really using this U-Visa as a big scam. This is like a last-ditch effort to keep their client in the United States. The U-Visa is set aside for victims of crimes who have suffered substantial mental or physical abuse and cooperated with police investigations. Now, unlike a lot of scammers, he could claim that, yes, I did suffer. I was a victim of crime because, remember, he was shot six times on his 21st birthday in 2013. So that U visa could actually be applicable in his case. Although attorneys many for many years now have used the U visa as a scam. They'll just tell like uh, any every illegal immigrant they have, hey, we're going to apply for this. Just say that you were mugged and now you're afraid. They do stuff like that all the time. It's well known. So this might take a while. Uh, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, USCIS, can only accept a maximum of 10,000 U-Visa applications per year, and it has a huge backlog. <laughs> you know how many? Well, what, what did I just fucking tell you? How the attorneys are using this as a scam? As of 2017, the backlog of U-Visa applications is 190,000. <laughs> Oh, Black Lives Matter has filed an online petition to free 21 Savage. That's funny. Yeah, well, you know, I don't, dude, I, I, I don't know. There, people want no consequences for their actions. I, I'm fucking sorry, dude. What do you want? Every, they just want to pass for everyone. You don't get one. You fucked up. Uh, so anything else on 21 Savage? Yeah, all, all the rap community is calling it a travesty, of course. Oh, and at the time of his arrest, here's an interesting little nugget. Uh, according to documents obtained by TMZ, it was reported that 21 Savage was arrested by the ATF and a loaded gun was retrieved from the Challenger that he was driving when he was pulled over. Uh-oh. Oh, and they had that uh, extended magazine, too. Fully loaded Glock with an extended magazine was in the glove compartment. Well, as a prior felon, is he not allowed? he's not allowed to own a firearm or... Maybe because the record was expunged, he is? I don't freaking know. I mean, do we really believe that he had all his paperwork up to date on that fucking Glock in the, in the glove compartment? Maybe, hey, maybe he did. Now, there were three other cars involved in the arrest of 21 Savage, including a car driven by Khalil Smith. And he Smith was driving with an M4 rifle in the floorboard. <laughs> oh, man. Now, ICE has confirmed he was targeted for immigration enforcement and nothing more. Well, 
Oh, and his lawyer is saying some other individual's firearm vehicle is not our concern here. Well, you're fucking driving the fire. You're driving the vehicle with the firearm in it, Savage. So guess what? That's not going to fucking fly either. All right, a few more immigration stories. Uh, one, uh, This one was kind of funny because of the picture. In the LA Times, two U.S. immigration rights attorneys and two journalists have worked closely with members of Migrant Caravan in Tijuana said they had been denied entry into Mexico in recent days after their passports were flagged with alerts by an unknown government. That's funny. So the Mexican authorities don't want these troublemaking activists into their country, basically. But the picture's hilarious because it shows these women, both quite unpleasant looking, crying, like weeping hysterically that they're not going to be allowed to go into Mexico and coach the illegal immigrants on what to say to the ICE officials for an asylum claim. They're very upset about that. Like, dude, don't, don't you have your own fucking kids? <laughs> uh, this one, dude, NYPD guys, I need some answers for me on this one because you guys probably saw that video of that subway shooting. Well, it was done by an MS-13 gangster. Well, he's also an illegal immigrant. He's being accused of murdering a rival. Well, the New York Post is accusing cops of the NYPD of shielding Ramiro Gutierrez from public scrutiny after his arrest for Sunday's broad daylight slaying in Queens, going so far as to feed reporters bogus information about his whereabouts and claim ignorance about his illegal status. Cops waited until 4 a.m. Tuesday to announce the formal charge. Then they called reporters Tuesday afternoon to say that he would be walked out of the 115th Precinct Station House at 4 p.m., only to sneak him out a back door by 2 p.m. What is, what is this, NYPD? Oh, I, I, I know, guys, I get it. I know the rank and file hates it. I get it. I'm not an idiot. This is fucking comes from the SJWs high up on the food chain who don't want fucking the poor MS-13 illegal immigrant subjected to a fucking uh, questions by reporters. No, no, no. Yeah, they'll, they'll sneak that out. Now, now Roger Stone, the 68-year-old fucking guy in his pajamas, you know, that needs a SWAT team from the FBI of like 26 dudes in the middle of the night in a pre-dawn raid. But the fucking illegal alien MS-13 gang member, no, we have to protect him. Unbelievable. And North Carolina also made the illegal immigration beat because uh, the feds have arrested 200 uh, illegal aliens in North Carolina this week. And this comes after North Carolina's largest counties cut ties with ICE. And this is what I said in the past. If ICE comes, because now the sheriffs won't cooperate, right? So now ICE has to do the investigation entirely on their own. And when they come to get an illegal alien, if they find other ones, they're going to take everyone. That's how it's going to go now. So no, because if if you if we did it my way, the sheriffs could just cooperate and say, "Yo, I've got a guy who's illegal. He's at our jail. Come pick him up." But they don't want to do that because of the sanctions. They're all sanctuary city sheriffs now, and they said, "No, we're not going to do that." Newly elected sheriffs in Mecklenburg and Wake County have reversed a policy that notifies ICE about the legal status of inmates in county jails, and this follows on the heels of Durham County ending the practice of honoring ICE detainers. And this is, it's the same old fucking story. These sheriffs claim, we're the sheriff of everybody, and we need the public's help in solving crimes, and if the illegal immigrants don't come forward, then we won't solve the crime. And I'm like, oh, so fucking what? Stupid. 
Uh, well, that's it. So, okay, well, here's what's going to happen in uh, in North Carolina. So the next time a fucking drunk illegal alien plows into a fucking uh, car and kills a couple people or uh, rapes somebody or commits a horrific crime because the sheriff didn't want to cooperate with ICE, just remember, this is what you voted for, North Carolina. These are newly elected sheriffs, and they made this part of their platform when they were running. So fucking enjoy it. I have no sympathy, you guys. I keep telling you what's going to happen. You don't want to listen to me? You want to elect these fucking far-left nuts? This is what you fucking get. Congratulations. Uh, anything else about the uh, illegal immigrants? No, not too much. Uh, let's talk about a little the Amazon scandal with Jeff Bezos and the National Enquirer. <laughs> this is crazy. You guys have probably seen this. Uh, now the Amazon publisher, Jeff, uh, founder, I'm sorry, Jeff Bezos published a detailed overview of the attempts by the National Enquirer and its, uh, editor in chief, David Pecker about how that publication is trying to blackmail him. And the reason is, was what uh, Bezos claims is because he wanted to investigate how his private texts and photos got into the Inquirer's hands. So, the Inquirer and its parent company, American Media, basically said, uh, Bezos claims they tried to extort the guy. And they sent him emails, which he published in a Medium.com post, basically saying he got emails from the AMI group saying that, yes, we have photos of you that you might not want to put out. And they actually detailed the photos. So they said they have a below-the-belt selfie, otherwise colloquially known as a dick pic. <laughs> and another one says they have a picture of a, quote, shirtless Mr. Bezos holding his phone in his left hand while wearing his wedding ring. He's wearing either tight black cargo pants or shorts, and his semi-erect manhood is penetrating the zipper of his garment. Uh, see, billionaires do stupid shit on the internet too. Don't you feel better? And this is with Lauren Sanchez. Guys, can I have a fucking side note here? You know, I covered this in the past. I covered when it first came out that he was having an affair. I, I covered it, but I didn't... I didn't know this chick's, Lauren Sanchez, whole history, okay? Remember, Jeff Bezos was married, and he had an affair with Lauren Sanchez. So now his wife is going to get half his shit, like billions of dollars, right? And I read about this Lauren Sanchez chick. She is, like, apparently a huge gold digger. She's had many fiancés who have spoken out, by the way, saying that she always wanted money and all this other stuff. She's had many fiancés who she would dump and move on to the next guy. And I'm like, dude, Jeff Bezos, you're a fucking bazillionaire. You're like the richest guy in the world. Th this is who you're fucking going to die on the hill for? This fucking, this gold digging chick? You're worth $8 billion or whatever. How many amount of billions you have to pay your ex-wife now? And his ex-wife, by the way, is no, uh, she's, she's pretty slamming herself. It's not like she's a total hog. I mean, she's very good looking. So he's going to fucking dump all that away for this chick who's been around a little bit. I don't know. So now Bezos says, uh, this is bullshit. How'd you get these pictures? And uh, the Inquirer is saying, look, you better drop this investigation of how we got these pictures. Otherwise, we're going to publish all these penis pictures of you. 
So I predict that the Jeff Bezos penis pics will be online one way or the other in the very near future. That's going to happen, you guys, for sure. So keep so we have that to look forward to. <laughs> See, this is why I want to stay alive forever. I don't even need TV. I've got this to look. I've got Jeff Bezos dick pics to look forward to. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm riveted. What else? Oh, uh, we had a typhus outbreak in City Hall here in Los Angeles. Yeah. They're, now they have to rip up all the carpets in, in the City Hall during this typhus outbreak. This is fucking unbelievable. They first became aware of a vermin issue in November of 2018, and they contacted pest control experts. And the pest control experts say, yo, you're going to have to replace all the carpets here because it's disgusting. And they have videos of rats running through city hall offices. Gross. Now, county health officials first reported this typhus outbreak in downtown L.A. in October of 2018. Right? And typhus is a deadly bacterial disease that is typically transmitted through fleas that have been infected by rodents. Symptoms include high fever, chills, headaches, muscle rashes, muscle aches, rashes, and in some severe cases, internal bleeding. Well... Where do you think this came from, you guys? Uh, the employee that got sick was named Elizabeth Greenwood. She's an L.A. City employee. And she, she got started feeling sick, and a blood test said she had typhus, which, you know, who, who gets typhus anymore, right? Well, outside City Hall's downtown, and outside downtown L.A. is one of the nation's most disgusting skid rows filled with rats and vermin and everything else. But they're allowed to do that because of their... Mayor Eric Garcetti, who sadly is not running for president. Very bummed about that, because that would have been fucking hilarious. So, yeah, that's what you have. We're going backwards, you guys. <laughs> we really are. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Green New Deal. That was in the news this month, and this, of course, was pushed by Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, you guys, I know, like, look, I know all you baby boomers like to make fun of her, but I take her seriously because she's a fucking member of Congress now, okay? And just because you think she's dumb, I'm saying, how many freshman congressmen have introduced bills like this and got the enthusiastic backing from the presidential candidates in their parties? Has that ever happened before, ever? People fucking are all about this chick. So you fucking better take her seriously. So she puts out this Green New Deal, right? And some of the details in it are as follows. One, she wants to replace every single building in the United States for state-of-the-art energy efficiency. Uh, they have a 10-year plan to mobilize every aspect of American society at a scale not since, seen since World War II to achieve net-zero greenhouse gas emissions. So basically ending all traditional forms of energy in 10 years. Uh, they also would like to ban nuclear energy. Yes, she would like to decommission every nuclear power plant within 10 years also. My favorite, as somebody who's followed the high-speed rail boondoggle in California for many years, uh, she would like to build out high-speed rail at a scale where air travel stops becoming necessary. Okay, that's never going to fucking happen. Why can't... See, all these fucking journalists who, who fucking jizz themselves all over this shit, why don't they point to what's going on in California with our high-speed rail debacle? Why don't they do that when they're interviewing this chick instead of just fucking slurping her all day long? Why don't they say, um, yes, Congressman Cortez, have you noticed the fucking clusterfuck in California 
where they're fucking building a train in the middle of the desert for some reason. Fuck, man. They, I know. I'm skies. I know. With F-bombs this week, I'm sorry. Uh, she would like to have all new jobs be unionized. Uh, carbon tax would be a small part of the Green New Deal, so you're going to pay more for everything. And uh, they don't have any total costs here. And also, how it will be paid for, she said, don't worry, because deficit spending doesn't matter either. Well, I mean, she kind of got a point on that one, honestly. Um, well, I, I have a few clips from the ladies. Oh, wait, let me get to this really quick first. The Federalist put together the 10 most insane requirements of the Green New Deal. So you should go see that. Uh, yes, yeah, so again, ban affordable energy, the fossil fuels. Eliminate nuclear energy. Eliminate 99% of cars because you'd have to have, like, the, the requirement, the, the limitations they'd put on cars would end up getting rid of almost all of them. A government-guaranteed job, free education for life, uh, free money. And you guys probably saw the famous passage because she wants economic security for all of those who are, quote, unable or unwilling to work, end quote. Okay. I'm going on the record right now. I'm unwilling to work. All right. So give me my fucking money. Where's my check? Wow. And this is being taken quite seriously, though. So I'm telling you, you guys better fucking wake up. Now, she made an appearance at an Abolish ICE rally as well. I've got a couple clips. I've got one from her. She's calling for ICE to be defunded here. Uh, so let's listen to... This is at a rally outside where all the illegal alien uh, lovers gathered to have a rally. Earlier this week, there she goes. we were here, and we were hearing inside that Capitol of the State of the Union. And the president said something. He said and spoke of the idea that he likes, quote-unquote, legal immigration. Yes. But that is a lie. Hmm. The president does not like any form of immigration. So? And now he is acting, asking for, for $5 billion to continue to militarize and weaponize a force that has zero accountability, that who's, who's, uh, She's talking about rather, ICE here. whose director and whose secretary has no idea when she goes in front of a, of a hearing how many children are dying in her own care under her own watch. Yeah, that's and they it. have the audacity <laughs> to ask for more money to fund that. I don't think so. No. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, boo. Not only will we not agree to fund that, but we're here to say that an agency like ICE which repeatedly and systematically violates human rights, does not deserve a dime. That's right. That's they right. do not deserve a dime. Until they can prove that they are honoring human rights, until they can make a good faith effort to expand and embrace immigrants, immigrants in this nation that have always been a part Ill illegal and have immigrants. always been and always been a core element of American democracy. Until they can prove good faith to an American ideal, they do not deserve any resources. Okay, she sound, doesn't she sound like a fucking dope? Which is kind of what you'd expect. I mean, she has no life experience at all. She went to fucking college. She was a bartender, and then she ran for office. And she won because she's Latina and she has a vagina. That's it. That's her fucking whole story. Now, credit where it's due. You guys know my stance. She won the election. You won. Well, that's what you get. <laughs> oh, man. You got to love it. 
You know, it'd be nice if we had one. Again, reporters, here's a fucking question maybe one of you could ask. Ask her, hey, do you think it should be illegal immigration should be a crime? Because current U.S. law states that once you illegally immigrate to a country, to the United States, you're at risk for deportation 24-7. Okay, that's the current law. Do you think that law should be abolished, a.k.a. open borders, basically? You'd think one fucking reporter in between fucking sucking her off left and right would ask her that question, but they never will. And just on a side note, you guys, I have many Latino listeners, and I have many immigrant listeners, and I want to just, I just remembered this. I want to give a shout out to my man who was nice enough to send me a direct message on Instagram saying, hey, you know what? I'm a legal immigrant. I can't stand this bullshit. This is ridiculous. My family had to undergo all kinds of crap to get to the United States. He was a refugee at one point. They did it all the right way. And he doesn't like this illegal immigration. And most legal immigrants don't. But you never fucking hear from them, do you? No, you don't. All those people from Mexico who waited like a decade to get their green card to get in here the right way, you never hear from them, do you? No. You don't. Now, my other favorite SJW congresswoman was also there, and this was that Representative Ilyan Omar. That's the Somali chick from uh, Minnesota. <laughs> she's also up there on my new favorites. So she's got a clip. She was at the same rally, and she decides to start talking about ICE as well. So I can't wait to hear this one. Here we go. The difference between what is happening to some of these little girls and me is that I didn't. I didn't have a cage waiting for me. I had an open arm, people with moral clarity awaiting us and saying, you've been through a lot. Here's your new home. You're our new neighbor. Do you need water? Do you need food? And in this country, in the United States, People are not... Let me, let me just stop. I, I can't help it, you guys. I got to jump in here. And how, sh- how does she repay that generous country? By calling our fucking immigration forces the Gestapo and bitching constantly and wanting to change our laws the fucking second she gets here. That's how she repays us. That's <laughs> You can't make it up. Let's keep going. That way. They are separated and processed. Yeah. Come they on. are detained and tortured. Oh, they're tortured. We're torturing them, you guys. Come on, spit it out, lady. And we can't continue to allow that to happen. And we can't lose it today to a president and administration that is morally corrupt. This administration and this president are truly morally corrupt Hmm. they don't see people they see dollars Uh they see campaigns they see cheers they see rallies my sister Alexandria is correct because when she says this president does not care for legal immigration for him it is just a talking point Mm. it's a dog whistle Mm. it is something for him to say that allows for him to continue his detrimental policies that will morally bankrupt us. Okay, I've heard enough. This chick, okay, doesn't she sound like a fucking moron, you guys, with the long pauses in between? She has to think about what she's going to say because she's too fucking dumb to speak succinctly and rapidly. 
So basically, she wants no difference between any... Basically, this is open borders, you guys. I know. Everybody hates that when I say it. I love the journalists rushing to them saying, BK, nobody's saying they want open borders. Don't be ridiculous. I'm like, what? But they are saying we shouldn't stop anybody illegally immigrating. And when we do find people who are, have illegally immigrated, we should just leave them alone. That's not having a border. Oh, man. Yeah, these two, man. They're going to be around for a long time. Just fucking get used to it. And believe me, plenty of fucking liberal Democrats would gladly vote for either one of them for president. Think about how fucking horrifying that will be. And they probably will be. That'll be our next president. Uh, let's see what else. Okay, Hall of Famer Frank Robinson has died at 83 years old. He was the first player to win MVP awards in both baseball leagues, American and National League. And he was the first African-American manager in Major League Baseball. He was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame as a Baltimore Oriole in 1982, and he was also awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. That is the highest honor given to civilians in the United States by President George W. Bush in 2005, and he played in the major leagues for 21 years. Oh, good for him. Frank Robinson. This story was too funny. Did you hear about this story with Cindy McCain, John McCain's uh, widow? Yeah, she... <laughs> She got in a little hot water because she told us she went on an Arizona talk show, right? And she told a story. She said she witnessed human trafficking at Phoenix's Sky Harbor International Airport, a, a child victim. And she said it was a lesson that DHS had taught her. If you see something, say something. So she said it looked odd to her because it was a woman of a different ethnicity than the child, this little toddler she had. So Cindy McCain went over to the cops and told them what I thought, and they went over and questioned her. And Cindy McCain said, quote, and by God, she was trafficking that kid, end quote. But the Phoenix Police Department on Wednesday disputed that any human trafficking had taken place that day in statements to other local Phoenix news outlets, leading Cindy McCain to issue an apology. <laughs> Idiot. What are you, trying to get likes on Facebook? What is that? What, are you just making shit up? Uh, she wrote Wednesday on Twitter, At Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, I reported an incident that I thought was trafficking. And she said, I apologize if anything else I have said on this matter distracts from if you see something, say something. Phoenix police said that investigators did show up to check on the child at the airport, but found no evidence of criminal conduct or child endangerment. Uh, so now the uh, the liberals were quite upset with this because, you know, they're saying, uh, you just saw a mixed-race family, and uh, so you're racist. I'm more upset with her for just making shit up, for saying, oh, the cops said uh, it was trafficking. Well, they fucking didn't. She made that up completely. What is it with the McCains, dude? Why are they so fucking weird? Did you see where Meghan McCain also came out and said she was mad because Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump attended her dad's wedding? I mean, fucking get over it. Jesus. You would have bitched if they didn't go too. Come on. But yeah, there's been a few incidents of these where parents of children whose skin color or ethnicity differs from theirs uh, fall under suspicion. Oh, this is the same airport. Uh, in 2017, a white Arizona man said he was accused of trafficking his own 16-year-old daughter, whom he and his wife adopted from China. <laughs> a flight attendant ratted him out. <laughs> well... 
mean, so you're minorly inconvenienced. And the cop just says, I don't know. Well, then don't fucking, then, then don't tell me see something, say something then. Okay. Remember, you guys remember the fucking San Bernardino shooting. Remember Syed Farouk? I don't have this in front of me. I'm just pulling it out of my memory, which is vast. Only You guys, there's nobody fucking else who has the brain power to do this. You understand me? I'm talking about Syed Farouk, his wife. Remember that guy? And he was the San Bernardino, the Islamic nutcase shooters. Remember it came out where a guy, a neighbor said he saw all kinds of weirdos going in and out of their garage and they were all like Muslim and doing weird shit at like three in the morning, but he didn't say anything because he didn't want to be accused of racism. Remember that? Well, if people continue to get publicly shamed, they're not going to say anything and then, and then bad things are going to happen. So you're, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's why, honestly, I'm just not going to get involved. Uh, they put out a list USA Today did. They said these are the worst cities to live in America. Uh, this was from 24-7 Wall Street. And they created an index of over two dozen measures to identify the worst cities to live in. And they used like crime rates, poverty, job markets, and then entertainment and cultural attractions. Okay. So, of these worst cities, they are overwhelmingly concentrated in the South and the West. Ah, interesting. Okay, at, at the bottom of the list, number 50, worst city to live in America, is Beverly Hills, Florida. I didn't even know that existed. Okay, I'm not going to scroll through the whole list. Let me just... Why, guys, give me the number one first. I don't have to scroll all the way down. Is that too much to ask? Um, oh, here we go. So let's do top five worst cities, okay? The fifth worst city is Highland Park, Michigan, okay? And then, this one's kind of a shocker. The fourth worst, they're saying, is Makaha, Hawaii. Wow, interesting. I mean, everybody loves Hawaii, right? Well, apparently in Makaha, they have a very high jobless rate, and it's got a very high cost of living and low affordability, so um, that's why they made the list. Uh, number three is California City, California. I don't know where that is. Number two is Florida City, Florida. <laughs> California City, California, and Florida City, Florida. And then the number one worst city to live in in the United States, according to this methodology, is Mendota, California, with a population of 11,396 people and a poverty rate of 49.5%. Whew. And uh, it also tops the, it's in the top 25% for violent crimes as well. Now, on the flip side, the median home value is quite low at only $139,000. I assume that's somewhere in the middle of the desert. So there you go. There's your top, there's your top five worst cities to live in. Uh, as you guys know, I'm a big elephant guy, and I love the elephants. Uh, an Asian elephant believed to be the oldest ever in captivity has died at the age of 88 in the southern Indian state of Kerala. I didn't even know they lived that fucking long. Um, apparently, the elephant granny, as they call, or in their language, Gaha Muthasi, um, this elephant took part in temple rituals and processions for decades, but breathed her last on Tuesday after becoming reluctant to eat. So... That was the oldest elephant ever to be in captivity. 88 years old. Hell of a run for anyone, really. Uh, staying on the nature beat. You guys know I love nature. 
honeybees can learn to add and subtract, according to research showing that while the insects have tiny brains, they're still surprisingly clever. How do they God, how do they come up with this? Listen to this. Researchers behind the study have previously found that honeybees can understand the concept of zero and learn to correctly indicate which of two groups of objects is the smaller one. But now researchers are saying that insects can learn to carry out exact numerical calculations such as adding and subtracting a given number. Okay, I'm just scrolling through because I want to know how they figured this out. Uh, one skeptic said it's not clear that they really do have a concept of mathematical operations or even numbers. So I don't know how they did. Okay, here's what they did. They describe how their research involved releasing bees into a simple maze in which they were shown a picture of a small number of colored shapes. After flying through a hole, the bees were presented with two further images showing a different number of shapes. When the images in the setup were blue, insects that made a beeline for the image with more than one shape than in the initial picture were offered a sugary drink. But when the shapes were yellow, they were rewarded for flying to the image with one fewer shape. If the bee flew to the incorrect image, they were given a quinine solution, which is unpleasant to bees. Uh, if that's confusing, the Guardian has a cool, like, illustrated graphic on that. Hmm. I don't know. I'm skeptical of that one. Still, the bees. I like the bees. I'm a big bee guy, too. Big elephant guy, big bee guy, big dog guy. Uh, leave them alone. The Army is aiming for more combat-ready troops with a new fitness test. That's right. We've talked about this before, and they're getting ready to roll it out. The uh, They've developed a new test that adds deadlifts, power throws, and other exercises designed to make soldiers more fit and ready for combat. Uh, commanders have complained in recent years that the soldiers they get out of basic training are not fit enough. Um, so, now the current army test has been the same forever. Uh, two minutes of sit-ups, two minutes of push-ups, and a two-mile two run. Do they not have pull-ups in the army base? I thought it was. Maybe that's just the airborne test. I guess not. Just push-ups, sit-ups, two-mile run, that was it. And this new test is based on scientific research that matched specific exercises to tasks that soldiers in combat must do, like sprint away from fire, carry a wounded comrade on a stretcher, and haul cans of fuel to a truck. So it sounds like it's going to be kind of similar to the Marine Corps uh, combat fitness test. Oh, here's the actual test. Here we go. There's six events, right? Uh, and they're done in this order with only a few minutes rest in between. First event, a deadlift with weights between 140 pounds and 340 pounds. I assume it's either based on age or weight. I don't know. Then it's a standing power throw, which requires soldiers to throw a 10-pound medicine ball backward and overhead. Uh, then it's hand-release push-ups. Then it's the sprint drag carry, where you sprint 50 yards, then a 50-yard backward sled drag, then a 50-yard lateral, and then a 50-yard carry of two 40-pound kettlebells and a 50-yard sprint. So basically, it's like running and all that. Then after short, a short rest, the soldiers do the leg tuck pull-up, as many as possible in two minutes, and then a two-mile run. So that's your new combat test for the Army. I don't know what a leg tuck pull-up is. Uh, Liam Neeson was in the news. How much time do I have? Okay, I'm getting there. Yeah, he fucking stepped on his dick a little bit.
he uh, he had to go on on TV and explain that he was not racist because for some reason he did an interview where he confessed that he'd once set out to attack a random black man after a friend of his told him she had been raped. Uh, so he was he shared a story with an interview with a British paper, The Independent, right? And he said, quote, I went out deliberately into black areas in the city, looking to be set upon so that I could unleash physical violence. I did it four, maybe five times until I caught myself, and it really shocked me, this primal urge, end quote. Uh, so he also said, quote, he was hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him, end quote. Whoops. Well, he's apologizing for this and saying, uh, you know, I'm just trying to make a point here. And <laughs> that's a, you, can't even, you can't even try to prove you're not racist by telling an anecdote about how you had a racist thought 40 years ago. Because you might as well just stay silent. Because even if you want to say how woke you've become, the only thing that matters is what you said 40 years ago, not how woke you are now. So uh, now, his red carpet event for his new movie was quickly canceled, et cetera, et cetera, the usual. Oh, uh, what else? Uh, oh, this is funny. I stole, this is shamelessly stolen. I was listening to the John and Ken show. It's the only other uh, talk show or podcast that I ever listened to. And they had a quote, or they had a clip of a bicyclist going crazy on a guy. Um, and, okay, let me set the stage. So a guy is parked, and he's parking in the bike lane, dropping off an old lady who's very, so he's trying to park close to the entrance, okay? Well, in doing so, he's on the curb, and he's blocking the bike lane. And this old guy wearing his bike outfit, <laughs> what is you don't need the outfit, okay? Why? You're 70 fucking years old, dude. You don't need to... Why do you have to wear... Just wear regular pants. I don't get that. Anyway, so this guy, this old... This older... He's got to be... He's in his 60s for sure, if not 70s. So this guy comes up to him, and he starts fucking giving him shit about parking in a bike lane. So uh, this should be funny. Let's hear how this goes. You are just unbelievable. Okay, here's what I have to say. The bike lanes are for bikes. The city has put thousands of dollars into putting a barrier so assholes like you won't park in the biking lane. And what do you do? I understand your concern, sir. All I'm trying to tell you is that I'm trying to drop off some senior citizens. It doesn't matter. And as safely as possible, you throw us into the traffic. Well, no, there's not in the traffic. You can pass by slowly. I'm taking your license that's, plate. Uh, that's cool. That's good. You could do it. But you know what? At this point, I mean, you could have been taking the picture. You could have been taking a video. This isn't You've the point. You've been here for five minutes already. I this don't isn't understand. the point. And I need to back out safely. And you're, 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 you're stopping This me. isn't the point. You're not supposed to park okay. in the biking lane. It's a violation of the city the ordinance. Longer... It's against the law. Okay, all right. That's fine. So you think, I can, I can what, what, break the what, law what, because what are... I'm special. It's a, it's a, it's a, we, we're having a debate right now. There is Democratic... no debate. It's yeah, against it the law. Okay, possibly. But you know no, what? No, possibly. It's, it's it a, is it's against a, it's the a, law. It's a law I'm re- willing to break to get some people home safely. That there are you disabled. go. Good man. Look at, there are plenty of places you can park. I understand. Park but right over there. I understand. There, 
I'm trying to drop them off door-to-door to door service. How do you know? How do you know they're not served? Hopeless. Because they have to get from here to I know. here. Well, they have a walker, and they're very okay. nimble. If you can get a walker, you can walk from there yeah. to there. Okay, well, you know what? They can't walk for long distances, sir. Look at... Oh, what a fucker. Not giving up. Okay. What, do you, you just want to get punched, or what? Well, hey, wow. You know, please, if you want to punch me, go right ahead. But, you know, you're definitely... Okay, I am going to run you over. All right, I call the cops. Call the cops. Call the cops. <laughs> You're probably going to go on YouTube. I don't care. It's you that's I'm, parked I, in the I, bike. I understand. Lane. I understand. Well, this is a very important debate. And he's calling the cops. Okay, you get the idea. Can I fucking say something about... All right, you guys, I ride my bike all the time. I ride my bike to the boardwalk in Mission Bay. I do that all the time. It's a good, like, you know, I can go up and down the boardwalk. And it's a great view. It's great for people watching. It's a lot of fun. But I fucking ride my... So I am a... I do ride my bike. I ride my bike around the beach and on, like, boardwalks. But the fucking modern politicians, they're obsessed with making bike lanes. Like, they still really believe that people are going to commute to work on their bikes, and that's viable. Like, nobody's going to fucking do that. Well, you're going to fucking bike to work and you're going to get there all sweaty, right? After dodging traffic, even if you had the bike lane. And then what? You're going to sit at work, stinky, sweaty all day. And then you're going to work eight, nine hours. And then you have to bike home. What if you have kids? What if you have kids you got to pick up from school or kids you got to run to baseball practice or whatever? Yeah, you can do Nobody is going to commute to work by bike. Okay, it's a pipe dream. Even this dude, he looks old. He's clearly not going to work. He's some old guy out on his bike, and he wants a spe He wants to take your car lane, which everybody uses, and they want to chop the car lanes in half and give half of it to bike riders, who are a very tiny fucking part of the population. People who bike ride around the city. So yeah, I'm fucking. And and, and, the, and for some reason, these bike riders have enormous sway. I don't know what it is, but the fucking bike people, every time they debate this shit at the city council meeting, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. While you're working, the bike activists manage to pack these city council meetings, and then the city council members are like, oh, yes, I would like to be quite woke. Sure, I'll vote to take away 50% of the lanes that tens of thousands of people use so I can indulge the fucking 12 guys who ride to work okay that's just fucking not ride your bike out on roads that are meant for bike riding out away from everybody stop it it's not gonna happen okay okay i'm just scrolling through here what else do i have here um well oh boy okay this headline is pretty rough an oregon man has been arrested after he allegedly filmed himself raping a baby girl multiple times. Holy shit. Uh, they got a tip that this guy named Ed Lahar, 30 years old, had recordings on his phone. The victim was less than two months old when the abuse started, and it continued until she was nine months old. My God. What, what fucking goes to your head? Now, I'm just wondering... Like, do you think that, does the, the, does the child remember that trauma from such a young age? Like, up until they're nine months old, right? So does, does the child, will the child remember that when they're like 12? 
Because, I mean, you, I don't remember anything that happened when I was under a year old. I doubt any of you do. I wonder if an event as traumatic as that you would remember or not. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm curious about that. It's fucking horrible. God. Uh, a suspect has killed himself after a sex sting in Duluth. So that seemed to take care of itself. Good. Uh, the Duth, Duluth Police Department was trying to arrest suspects seeking to have sexual encounters with minor females in exchange for money. So they placed advertisements on various online sites known for soliciting commercial sex. And they ran this operation out of a Duluth hotel room. Uh, so the men agreed to pay for sexual services and or sent sexually explicit photographs to the undercover officer. Yeah, they sent dick pics. Look at this. And uh, one guy, so they, they arrested one guy and then cut him loose on bail. And this guy, James Quiambio, 22 years old, uh, committed suicide after he made bail. Well, good. And they also arrested a 33-year-old doctor in Grand Rapids named... Ogechkuu Victor Adekwa. Sounds like he's African descent of some sort. And yes, he has been placed on administrative leave. Another guy arrested was, oh my, these names. Devivaras Prasad Talagam, 35 years old. I don't even know where the fuck that one's from. Yeah, they're out there. You guys know I like the sex thing. So one guy offed himself. Uh, and now, going back to the Super Bowl... They did arrest a total of 169 people in Metro Atlanta as part, you know, they do this every Super Bowl, you guys, as I've covered in the past. You know, they run these sex trafficking uh, stings. So the arrests included 26 sex tra traffickers and 34 individuals attempting to engage in sex acts with minors. And nine children were recovered from sex trafficking. The youngest was 14 years old. Holy shit. So that was conducted by the FBI, um, Georgia's Department of Justice, and other agencies. So, good. A Chinese student has got prison time for taking pictures illegally of a U.S. military installation in the Florida Keys. A musicology student named Zhao Quinli, who traveled to the United States for a summer exchange program, visited Key West after wrapping up his studies in September. After being arrested for trespassing at the high-security naval air station, he told federal authorities that he wandered onto the military base after losing his way on the tourist trail. Yeah, right. Fucking chai comms, dude. And uh, this guy, actually, they, they said in court that he purposely went out. He went around fences, etc., and he expressed no remorse when he admitted through a Chinese interpreter that he did take the illegal photos. Uh, yeah, and this base is actually, uh, I know of this base because it's Naval Air Station Key West. And if you know, the uh, good old CDQC is located on that at the very tip. That's the Combat Diver Qualification Course, the Army Special Forces Underwater Operations School where, that I am a proud graduate of. So that's where this dude was waiting around fences in the water and trying to, uh, trying to take pictures. Fucking good, man. Should get death penalty right there. Um, what else? Oh, we have a new California bill. 
and California doctors would be banned from treating or performing surgery on children born with genitals that do not fit a single gender or are otherwise atypical unless it's medically necessary or the child consents. This is from that fucking lunatic Democratic Senator Scott Weiner from San Francisco. In case you don't know, he's the guy who said it would no longer be a felony for you to purposely infect someone with AIDS. Yes, this is that same guy. And that bill passed, by the way. So this seems to be, uh, so remember, I think where I think this is going is, remember, when you're born, sometimes kids, hermaphrodites, whatever they're called, they're born with both sex organs. So in the past, doctors have just kind of made a decision on the spot, like, well, you know, it's mostly penis, so I'm going to go with you're a boy and get rid of the other organs. I don't know how they decide that. I'm going to plead ignorance on that one. So basically this bill is saying, you will not be allowed to do that at all until you get the child's consent. Obviously, the child will have to be much older. Doctors are saying that the bill may go too far in restricting how they can treat patients. The California Medical Association has not taken a formal position on the bill, but say they have very serious concerns that includes the bill's lack of a definition around when a minor is old enough to consent. Yeah, that, that might fucking be serious. Yes, it's, and it goes on to say what I just said. The bill focuses on intersex minors, defined as someone who is born with atypical physical sex characteristics, which could include genitals or other internal organs that don't conform to a single gender. About 1 in 2,000 babies are estimated to have visible genital differences, putting them at risk of early surgery. Uh, I'm just reading through here. Decide how. I'm just trying to figure out how the doctors do this. Okay, so under his bill, doctors and parents would not be allowed to move ahead with treatment or surgery unless it is a medically necessary, such as something that would prevent a child from urinating. Uh, This could uh, include removal or reduction of the clitoris or removal of the ovaries or testes. If the doctor considers surgery medically necessary, he or she would need parental consent. If the treatment is not necessary, the doctors and parents would have to wait until the child is old enough to give consent and obtain approval for any procedures, but the bill does not define when the minor could give consent. Hmm. I kind of see the I kind of see what he's saying, the argument. I mean, it okay, so if you're intersex, if you've got both, it does seem on the face of it, yeah, maybe you should decide, but then on the other hand, you got to grow up being different from all these kids and feeling like feeling like you're different until you're old enough to consent, and then we don't know how what age that is. You guys know, so it's very confusing. I kind of see where he's coming with it, and I can kind of sympathize to his argument a little bit, but it's way too vague. You just can't have this. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, if you didn't see this morning, she has officially announced she's running for president. <laughs> she is shameless, dude. After the whole native of the Pocahontas thing, get out of here. Uh, yeah, she, she doesn't care, though. She's doing it. Um, she described a political elite that are bought off and bullied by corporate giants. So she is issuing a call to action against wealthy power brokers who have been waging class warfare against hardworking people for decades. 
Oh God, I guys, I cannot fucking wait for the 2020 presidential campaign. Do watch. You are going to see these fucking lefties just sprint to the left as hard as they can. And they're all going to try to top each other. All of them. I told you that the other day, jokingly saying like somebody's going to say $20 an hour minimum wage and then Bernie Sanders is going to say, no, it should be $50 an hour. And it's going to be like that on every topic. I cannot wait. So she made this, as I said, right after the, <laughs> right after she had to apologize again for the Indian thing. I have a short clip here. She's talking to a bunch of press. This was like two days ago. And because it came out that she had filled out Native American on a, on a bar form for the attorney's office in Texas. So she kind of says uh, she's sorry for that. It was consistent with her actions at the time. And then a reporter asks if she's considered dropping out of the presidential race, which she walks away from. So let's hear Elizabeth Warren. Could there be other documents out there with you self-identifying as American Indian? So all I know is during this time period, uh, this is consistent with what I did because it was based on my understanding from my family's stories, but family stories are not the same as tribal citizenship. Why didn't and you say that five fucking I years ago? Apologized both to Chief Baker, who was very gracious about it, and have apologized. But, but Senator, this most recent incident just came out yesterday. Have you mm -hmm. spoken with him, um, with Chief Baker, since this new incident was released? And have you heard from any Native American tribes or groups today since that information came out yesterday? So I haven't spoken with anyone since I saw this information, no. But my apology is an apology for not having been more sensitive about tribal citizenship and tribal sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really want to underline the point. Tribes and only tribes determine tribal citizenship. Yeah, we know. We, we actually know that. How do you think voters will react to this? I'm sorry? Oh, How do you okay. think voters will react to this? You know, I'm, I'm sure there are pundits who will have an answer for that. But understand, this is from the heart. This is about my family, my brothers, and it is about an apology from the heart. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, here she keeps going. There's more. not being more sensitive to tribal citizenship and tribal sovereignty. You said that already. Uh, and for harm caused. Have you considered dropping out of the race? <laughs> That's where she walked away as soon as the guy's like, yeah, have you considered dropping out? Hey, I bash the media a lot, but good for them for... Uh, you know, giving her some tough questions there. Um, uh, I appreciate it. Good job, guys. Fucking finally. Some of you did. Uh, El Chapo trial. Yeah, the jury deliberations are still going on. What's up with that? <laughs> Do you believe this? Oh, man. Yeah, the El Chapo trial, the, 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 the case is over. Now it's just the deliberations are going on, and the deliberations have gone on far longer than many expected, giving... Joaquin El Chapo Guzman's infamous reputation as the alleged mastermind of a Mexican drug cartel that raked in billions of profits across a continent. So the length of these jury sessions, which is over four days so far, make acquittal look more and more likely for Guzman, who's 61 years old, by the way. They're supposed to restart on Monday. God, remember how I bitched about being called for jury duty? Imagine you get called for jury duty and they fucking and and the case they pick you for, you get the fucking El Chapo trial. How pissed off would you be? 
Imagine, like I think the last time I said it is imagine you show up, you want to be a good citizen. So you do the you show up for jury duty and you get pulled for the fucking OJ trial. Like a, like a year long, sequestered. How bad would that suck? Like you think you're just going down there for like maybe an assault charge trial. And then you get El Chapo. Like, fuck, I don't want to be involved in this. <laughs> Jeez. Now, jurors have remained anonymous and partially sequestered through the trial, and some have admitted they're scared to face the alleged former head of a Mexican drug cartel, obviously. Man, who knows? Twelve jurors, eight women and four men. And Guzman is accused of ten criminal counts, including engaging in a continual criminal enterprise, drug trafficking, firearms, money laundering, conspiracy charges. And it's very confused and, and convoluted, as you can imagine, an international drug ring uh, would be. Uh, many of you guys sent me this one. Thank you very much. Um, a 19-year-old man who molested a 20-year-old horse called Polly. I'm pretty sure I covered that one. Well, he's at it again. And he's now being accused of breaking into an elderly couple's home with a rubber sex toy and a taser. This guy's only 19. This is in Alabama. Yeah, he was charged last year. His name is Daniel Bennett. Only 19, and this is what he's doing. He was charged last year with molesting that horse, right? Well, now, yeah, this is in Mobile. And the woman said her and her husband were enjoying a quiet evening at home when she heard a noise coming from the kitchen. So she followed the sound and saw a stranger attempting to climb through her kitchen window. So she screams for his husband to get his gun, prompting the would-be intruder, later identified as Bennett, to flee. See how that? See, but that doesn't go in the fucking gun control statistics right there. Just you know what I'm saying, you guys. They always say like homeowner like shoots and kills somebody, and that's counted in like a homeowner defending himself. What they don't count is a guy just hears that you have a gun and they run off. See Brits, see what we have that you fucking don't have. Uh, so they basically found, the, they gave him a good description, so they picked up this guy. And when they searched him, <laughs> they found him to be in possession of a pack of razor blades, a can of hair, a pair of hair styling scissors, a taser, and a large rubber sex toy with a tube attached to it. Hmm. They have a picture of this sex toy? They do not. In January, he was charged with misdemeanor bestiality for allegedly molesting that 20-year-old horse named Polly. I didn't know horses lived that long. And that was the one where they said they found him in the barn, and then the husband held the intruder at gunpoint until police arrived to arrest him. And he allegedly claimed he just wanted to pet the horse at the time. Now, court records did not indicate whether Bennett was convicted in the bestiality case, suggesting that he was possibly assigned a youthful offender status because he was only 18 at the time. Well, wait, if you're 18, you're an adult, are you not? Wow. I don't know what it, people who fucking are caught, like, like, I'm talking like banging an animal. That is like a serious mental issue. You might as well, they should be executed if I had my way. But, but if I don't, okay, I understand that most people are soft-hearted. They don't like that. Okay, then you should be locked away, uh, chemically castrated, something. We've got to start doing this with sex offenders. We can't, there's no cure for this. You fucking understand that? 
It's no good giving a guy a year in jail for banging a horse. Because what do you think he's going to fucking do the second he's out? <laughs> you think he's going to go find a nice girl? Or do you think he's going to go find another horse? I'm going to put all my chips on going to find another horse. Okay, this, is, this one is also crazy. A Wisconsin man has been charged with sexual exploitation of a child for allegedly convincing a sexually abused 14-year-old girl from Tennessee to send him a video of her stepfather raping her. Okay, try, try to unpack this one. According to the arrest, the arrest affidavit, this guy named Brian Rogers befriended the underage victim via the online game Roblox. God, the online games. This is how they get your kids. The two began exchanging messages, and soon after, the teen confided in Rogers that she was being sexually assaulted at home. The homeschooled 14-year-old begged Rogers to help her and revealed that she was having suicidal thoughts because of the alleged sexual abuse. She wrote, quote, I can't stay here. If you don't help me somehow, I might as well kill my fucking self like I've been planning to do, end quote. But instead of contacting the authorities... Rogers instructed the girl to secretly record her 41-year-old stepfather named Randall Pruitt raping her as proof that she was telling the truth. When the girl pushed back on this, Rogers expressed concern that without the video evidence, he would get in a hell of a lot of trouble with the law for helping her escape from her family's home in Tennessee. So, despite her initial misgivings, the girl did agree to videotape her stepfather, Pruitt, assaulting her. And then she did send the video. So, on January 14th, Rogers then drove more than 700 miles to pick up the 14-year-old from her family's home in Tennessee and took her to Madison, Wisconsin, where he lived with his mother. <laughs> of course he does. So, they, the law enforcement searched Rogers' home and found the missing Tennessee girl hiding in a basement closet after Rogers previously claimed she was not there. Uh, when questioned by investigators, the 31-year-old claimed he did not send the seven-minute video describing, showing that what he described as a full-blown rape, which was on his cell phone, because it was blurry, and he thought it would not hold up in court. So basically, he had this video of her getting fucking raped by her father, and he never called the cops. Wow. Yep, he's going to prison too. Good. Don't fucking talk to underage people on the internet. That's a simple rule that I live by. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I've gotten a, I've gotten a few messages from people who are look very young, you know. But they're all they're dudes who want to join the military. Feel pretty safe about that. So if you must, how about be an adult and don't be inappropriate with it. Uh, you guys know I love these lists. I did one earlier. Here's another one. The 10 U.S. cities where rents are rising faster than anywhere else in the nation. All right, see if you can guess. This, I would not have fucking guessed this city be number one at all. Oh, really? You're going to make me scroll through the story and not have a simple bullet point list? Daily Mail? Come on. Okay, well, the number one city where rents are increasing... It, what are you doing? Hmm, Daily Mail's pissing me off. Okay, here it is. The city number one is Newark, New Jersey. And rent went up an average of 17.5% in 2018. That is the highest year-on-year -year increase in the entire United States. And number two, 
You got it. My hometown right here, San Diego, California, 17% increase, just slightly below Newark's. Crazy. And uh, number uh, t- tied for number two with San Diego is Des Moines, Iowa. Well, it's only because it's year-on-year increase. See, Iowa's average rent is $1,016. It's tied with San Diego for year-over-year increase. However, the average rent in San Diego is $2,300, more than twice of what Iowa is. And then rounding out the top five, so Des Moines and San Diego are tied for number two. Um, Number four is Anchorage, Alaska. Number five is Boise, Idaho. And then Fort Wayne, Indiana is number six. Uh, number seven is Chandler, Arizona. Number nine is Scottsdale, Arizona. There's a couple cities in Arizona. They're all blowing up. Yeah, it's no joke, man. It's tough to live out here. I keep telling people that. Uh, let's see. I got a few more minutes. Let's go through some quick hits here. Uh, guys, fuck. You remember the Cash Me Outside girl? Yeah, Danielle Brigoli, 15 years old. Remember she was on Dr. Phil? She's like fucking famous now. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Just because of that one show. Now, her she's she's starting a Snapchat series called Bringing Up Bobby. And her Snapchat series got 10 million viewers in the first 24 hours. Holy shit. You know how much she's expected to earn yearly from that? $10 million. All because of a Dr. Phil episode in 20, 2016 where she responded to audience members laughing at her by saying, cash me outside, how about that? You guys remember that? I played that on the podcast. And since then, she's gone into viral fame into a music career. And uh, she's, got a, she's a rapper. And uh, you know what definitely helps is she's only, <laughs> she's only 15, so be careful here. But she's, uh, she's not unattractive, uh, and she's quite buxom for a young lady. So no doubt that has helped her. But that's all you need, isn't it? I'm fascinated with that. You don't even need to fucking go to school anymore. Just have that viral moment. And speaking of people who are making livings on the internet doing weird shit, the Daily Mail profiled a 25-year-old named Amanda Fay here in California. She weighs 462 pounds. And she has an army of online fans that pay to watch her eat with different foods. <laughs> she charges viewers per video to see her doing everything from chugging down calorie-laden drinks through a funnel to jiggling her flab. Uh, she calls it stuffing videos, where she eats massive amounts of food and tunnels liquids down a tube and chugs weight-gain milkshakes. So her belly looks even more swollen. She looks quite large. She's one of those kind of, like, pretty fat girls. Like, she's fat, but her face is uh, fairly pleasant. Uh, She does have a boyfriend, and he is an F.A., and that's a fat admirer, apparently, is, is what they call that. Holy shit, man. They call this feederism. There's a term for everything. Feederism is when you like to, you get off on watching fat girls stuff their face with food. And Amanda is known as a gainer, someone who likes the physical act of getting bigger. So they will either overeat or use padding to make themselves larger. God, this... Oh, man. This is like some of that internet stuff that I wish I didn't know about, but now I know. 
Yeah, she's got 50,000 followers. She does not wish to disclose her exact monthly income, but she is on Patreon. And uh, she makes money through uh, Instagram and other online stuff. Jeez, she's, I'm just scrolling through picture after picture. She is quite large. She feels the most popular food people enjoy seeing her eat is Taco Bell burgers and fruit. One guy paid her to eat 13 pears and crack open a coconut to drink its milk while half naked on camera. Good for you, sweetheart. I mean, you're probably not going to be along, around very long because, uh, you know, your weight, but good on you. Uh, the actor Albert Finney died. He was a very famous British actor. Uh, probably most of you know him either as Daddy Warbucks from the original Annie movie. Yeah, the bald guy. And then he was in that movie Big Fish with uh, fucking what's his name? The Scottish guy from that terrible Star Wars movie. I can't remember. You guys know what I'm talking about. He was in Big Fish. That movie by Tim Burton. And was there any other movies that I... I don't recognize too many of the other movies he was in, but those were the two big ones, and he was in many British films. So he has died at the age of... God, there's a lot of pictures here. 82. 82 years old. Good run for you, Albert. Good job, man. An Arkansas police corporal. I love these videos, you guys. I, I love I love the sign-off retirement videos from all my law enforcement listeners. Any of you guys send me one of these? This is going right to the top. I, I can't get enough of them. An Arkansas Highway Patrol police corporal Roy Martin signed off for the last time. He was surprised to hear who took his final call. Martin's son, Corporal Billy Martin of the Arkansas State Police, answered his father's 107 code, that means out of service, and 1042 code, that means you're ending your tour of duty. And the Arkansas State Police posted video of this exchange on their Facebook page, and uh, Roy Martin said he had no idea his son would be on the other end of the call. And Roy Martin has retired after 31 years of service. I've got the uh, audio clip right here. It's like a listen. Little Rock 377. Show me 10-7-10-42. Attention all units. It is a great pleasure to announce, after 31 years of dedicated service, my dad, Corporal Roy Martin of the Arkansas Highway Police, badge number 420, is retiring and giving his final 10-7. It is my honor, Corporal Roy Martin, to acknowledge your 10-7 to the greatest man I know. Arkansas Police Corporal Roy Martin, badge number 420. You are officially 10-7-358. Myself, Kim, and Amy are proud of you. We love you, Dad. Just trying not to cry there. It's great stuff. Timbo, thank you, I-9. I appreciate it. And, and y'all be careful out there. <laughs> and then he gets out of his car to a standing ovation from the other troops. Great stuff. I love it. I love those videos. I'm a sucker for them. Uh, quickly, a St. Louis priest who was also a school teacher was arrested after he was found hiding in bushes outside a female colleague's home. <laughs> He's only 36. Uh, Michael McCusker. Yep. He was stalking this woman at this school, the St. Louis Priory School, uh, says the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. So he was arrested, so good for him. Uh, Alabama executed a Muslim inmate who wanted an imam present, and the Supreme Court was like, yeah, you know what? You waited too long. Go fuck yourself. I fucking love this on Twitter, you guys. All of the SJWs were very upset because Alabama would not let his Islamic spiritual advisor to be present in the execution chamber. And uh, they argued that D Dominique Ray, 42 years old, 
They argued that his execution procedure favored Christian inmates because a Christian chaplain employed by the prison typically remains in the execution chamber during a lethal injection, but the state would not let his imam be there in a room because they didn't have an imam employed by the prison, and the, the attorney said only prison employees are allowed in the chamber for security reasons. So his imam did watch the execution from an adjoining witness room after visiting with Ray over the last two days. Um, I wonder if this Dominique, I wonder if he was one of these prison Muslim converts. And as always in death penalty cases, I like to remind people of the horrific crime that they committed because seldom do they talk about that, the anti-death penalty folks. He was sentenced to death for the 1995 rape and murder of a 15-year-old girl named Tiffany Harville. And uh, he cut her throat. So, there you go. That's who, that's who all the fucking uh, liberals are arguing about and feeling sorry for, is a fucking child rapist. Fuck them, is what I say. What else? Quickly. Um, a staffer was shot at Baltimore's Frederick Douglass High School, and the irony of that is because the city council there just voted unanimously to have officers not carry firearms in the classroom. This is their big thing. They feel this is a social justice issue. They voted unanimously to oppose a measure that would have allowed police officers to carry their weapons during the day. So they're not allowed to have a weapon in there. Now, would it have stopped it? Probably not, but you never know. And what if it wasn't, what if the kid didn't stop with just one shooting, you know? A 73-year-old millionaire th th philanthropist is shot and killed in an attempted robbery while sitting in his car as he waited for his wife outside of Georgia CVS. Holy shit. Dude, you never know. Police have not yet identified the suspect. They do have some security camera videotape, but they have not arrested anyone. She's just sitting in a car, minding your own business, dude. Horrible. Uh, further, you Nashville fans, a 24-year-old Nashville singer for a pop rock band named Kyle Yorlitz. He was only 24 years old. He was shot dead Thursday afternoon outside his Nashville home. God. Five children were arrested on Friday on criminal homicide charges in his death. They believe he was shot after he refused to hand over the keys to his car to the suspects and the robbery gone awry. 14, 15, 16 years old, a 12-year-old, and a 13-year-old are who they arrested. God. Just fucking cooperate with them, dude. It's, stuff doesn't... Material goods don't mean shit, dude. You have your life. Uh, you guys probably saw that Air Force General who had his ribbons on upside down during the State of the Union. That was funny. Air Force General Joseph Langiel, he called himself out. Now, obviously, an Air Force four-star is not putting his ribbons on his own uniform, so somebody fucked it up. <laughs> he had his ribbon rack on upside down. He has many ribbons. Um, What else? A Florida commissioner is accused of licking her city manager's face and grabbing his genitals. Uh, she has resigned. Yes, it was a female. Nancy Oakley. She's saying it never happened, but she quit anyway. And yes, uh, this uh, different city manager said that Oakley would, quote, grab your genitals and then lick you from your Adam's apple up across your face, end quote. Ugh. Gross. She's not, and also, she's quite unattractive. A security guard at 
The Minnesota Sex Offender Treatment Program in St. Peter is accused of having a sexual relationship with a patient there. 57-year-old Claudia Kogo. Yeah, female. She's being charged with felony counts of criminal sexual conduct because a patient who is committed as a sexually dangerous person reported that he had sex with Kogo more than two dozen times in late 2017. Fucking good job, dude. Uh, I talk about the Grinder scam. Uh, yeah, a guy in Australia, a blackmailer on Grinder, uh, he threatened to expose a married man's secret tryst to his wife and family if he refused to pay him cash money. Yeah. So Fleming, this guy Aaron Fleming, he's the criminal, he targeted the man after hooking up with him online and then discovering that this man had a wife and children. Oh, my God. Ladies, if, got, if your husband's got the grinder app on his phone, get the hell out of there now. And um, finally, let's fucking go to the big finish, guys. I'm out of time. It's coming up on 2.30 here. Here we go. Headline. Pervert ejaculated into woman's tea before she drank it to humiliate her. Yeah, another one of these stories. I love these. 32-year-old Gareth Twistleton filmed himself <laughs> stirring the sperm into her brewed tea, and he had also ejaculated into the woman's shampoo and underwear for good measure. And yes, she did drink the tea. The court heard how this man wanted to humiliate his victim because she was a respectable girl. He also recorded hundreds of videos of her in the bathroom and bedroom. Doesn't really say like how he got all this stuff in the in the in the house. Like was this an Airbnb or something? He had also committed a string of vile sex offenses from 2012 to 2017, including secretly recording families in leisure center changing rooms installing secret cameras in a coffee shop's public toilet and in a restaurant staff's changing area that captured images of an unsuspecting woman getting undressed. And he was also caught in possession of 14,488 indecent images of children, including over a 1,000 of the most serious category of child porn. The victim had an impact statement from the woman who had drank the tea filled with uh, his ejaculate and she said quote it made me mentally and physically sick I still have panic attacks I don't sleep well at night oh, God. <laughs> ladies that's it check your fucking drinks your beverages check them all if you see a strange kind of cloudy white substance floating on the top of it just throw it away. I mean, it's not worth the fucking... Just just pay the three extra dollars for a new cup. That's all I'm saying. That's your Uncle BK talking. That's all I got for you guys. That's it for me. Go ahead, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at BKActual and on Twitter at BKActualPodcast. Like, again, big ups. Uh, thank you, Jesse. And check out, Jess, uh, check out Jimerson Armor and the rest of Jesse's products. And I will put a picture up of this laptop sleeve that he was nice enough to send me. That is going to do it for me. Go to Patreon. Consider making a pledge. That's it for me, guys. See you next week. Do you really think so?